this Christmas on the BEMCAST. Why, I'm just trying to spread a little Yuletide fear. What star? Eh? We're in. All right, and welcome to the BAMFCAST. Hey, BAMFCAST. Hey, BAMFCAST. Episode 355. Uh, that's a number. Uh, so I'm Harlow. <laughs> I'm Mac. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And what we do each and every episode of the BAMFCAST is we go and we watch ourselves a quote-unquote bad movie. Come in here and talk about it for the first half. Then we rate them. Good bad movies, enjoyable bad movies. You go to one to five jocks and robot jocks. Hooray! Yeah! Robot jocks! But if it's a bad, bad movies, then stay away. They're getting negative sliding scale, one to five bags, and douchebags after Twilight. Boo. Boo. Slightly less good. <laughs> um, so, hey, you know what? It's it's the holiday season. It's, it's Christmas, specifically. It's the holiday it is. season. Almost. Well, yes. But uh, there's a lot of Christmas movies. That's why we tend to you know hone in on that particular Oh, holiday. like Die Hard. Yes. Oh, yes. Uh, and Eyes Wide Shut. Mm-hmm. Christmas movies. Right. And Lethal Weapon. Um, so we did 2005's Santa's Sleigh. Right. Star- That's a Christmas movie. Starring Goldberg. Goldberg. Yes, Mr. Goldberg. Yeah, William Goldberg. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> That's all we got to say. No. Um, I have a plot summary. Would you like to hear it? Please. Yep. Santa Claus is actually a demon who lost a bet with an angel. What? So he becomes the giver of toys and happiness. But when the bit- bet is off, he returns to his evil ways. Wow, mm-hmm. that's uh, yeah, that's it's pretty it. straightforward. Yeah, that's what happens without warning. We never knew. We we don't know why until later in the movie, right? But yeah, uh, this movie was directed by. This is the only movie this guy made, David Steinman. Uh-huh. Only movie he he made has made wrote so far. and directed, but he was an assistant to Brett Ratner. And somehow must have called in a ton of favors and Oh, Brett Radner produced this, so yeah. you know, he could call in the favors. Yeah. On behalf of Yeah. Somebody called in a lot of favors because the opening scene of the movie <laughs> Yeah, holy shit. Yeah, it's got it's got James Conn, Fran Drescher, uh is that Chris Catan? Yep, it is. Uh Rebecca Gayhart. And uh a couple other people who I should probably recognize but don't. But they're all sitting around having what appears to be a miserable Christmas dinner. Probably the worst Christmas dinner, mm-hmm. yeah. It's basically just setting all of them up as terrible people. Like, uh, a couple of them are gold diggers. Uh, Chris Catan is a pervert of some sort. Um, Fran Drescher is readily accepting of Chris Catan's perversion. Mm-hmm. And James Kahn is with Kirk Douglas in the late Dinosaur. Um Sorry, I couldn't help but say that. Um, yeah, James Conn is just pissed. He's so angry. Much. He's angry that his turkey got burnt by Fran Drescher, for one. He's angry at everyone for being how they are, for two. Yeah. And is just saying mean, awful, nasty, no good things to them. Yeah, he's. Um, he complains that the turkey isn't moist, and Fran Drescher says, well, at it's, called, it's called foreplay. It needs to be moist before you eat it or something. And he goes, I don't want to fuck the turkey. I want to eat it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's- and at this point, there's a whoomph, whoomph, and dust flies out of the chimney. Ash flies out from the chimney that's on, that's burning, puts the fire out. Well, and- f- well, first there was like, 
James Conn and Chris Kattan were about to come to blows. That's like, right. Because yes. he like he starts wielding a fork. Like I'll he says some choice words, but I'm going to yeah. stab you for I guess hitting mm-hmm. on his wife. It's implied Fran Drescher's his wife. You know, mm-hmm. and yeah, uh, yeah. Um, and it, it's like the violence is what finally sets off the Santa meter. I guess yeah. because yeah. because yeah, the the fire blows out. You see feet land in the in the uh, chimney. And then all of a sudden you see the chimney burst forth. <laughs> the whole mantle and everything just explodes yeah. out in a shower of of large fake stones. And there's Goldberg mm-hmm. in a Santa suit. Yeah, he Kool-Aid mans into the, yeah. into the yeah. sea. <laughs> Huge gray beard. Like, it's it, fairly typical Santa get up, uh, but the all the trimming where it would be whiter ermine is... Like gray, like uh-huh. a grayish white, yeah. like ashy. I mean, like, ashy, like, yeah. a, like it, a chimney would be. I mean, t- yeah, t- but typical it, Santa. And he's also wearing a like giant that. belt that looks like just a slightly smaller, like almost like it could be a championship belt type thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but it's a Santa head instead yeah. of like instead of a regular buckle. It's mm-hmm. just like fucking metal but, Santa head. <laughs> I'll say right off the bat, like he looks good. He like, looks he, fucking awesome. Yeah, he looks like a like like an old school like. Santa is supposed to be. It looks like an old school murder Santa. Yeah. Well, well, like, you know, like the old Norse. Yes. Yeah. He's got like, he's got big, a big beard and it's gray. Like, I don't think it's supposed to be ashy. I just think it's supposed to be dark, like darkened. Mm -hmm. So like, instead of a big white beard, it's a big grayish beard and it's got braids at the corner of the mouth. And then he's got huge, you know, tons of haphazardly braided Mm -hmm. hair. But yeah, but, but he looks awesome and he also looks huge. But he comes out. He takes his he takes his hat off, tosses it on a coat rack. Yeah, from across the room, and then basically does like a jumping somersault, like like he just does a rolling somersault over the table, grabs two knives out of the turkey, and stabs James Conn's hands down onto the table, which everyone goes ah, starts screaming. Mm-hmm. Yep. And then I believe it's his first kill. He basically just looks at one of the two daughters that's screaming their heads off, and just kind of like makes a little move at her, mm-hmm. and she faints. Passes over backwards and, and impales herself on yeah, something. Like impales that. her head on the dog bed that's, oh, that's behind them. That's yeah, a little that's like thrown yeah. thing. That's right. Cause, oh, that's right. Because his first act was actually kicking the dog yes. across the room. Oh, yeah. Yes, he, there's yeah. a Pomeranian that they have that's that's noticed the commotion yeah. when and he kick, comes gets out. Gets kicked into the More like fan. Punteranian. That was like a Punteranian. So, yeah. He then, I guess, takes a huge swig of whatever i guess it's vodka or something that's on the table mm-hmm. uh mm-hmm. yeah have to be higher than that yeah we've had this discussion about the burning alcohol thing mm-hmm. yeah <laughs> but but either way gets a mouthful of that looks at fran drescher and holds a candle or something up to his mouth and just lights her face on fire so fran drescher's hair is just burning off everywhere she's screaming chris Catan's like hey i'll fight you and starts doing like chris Catan karate move stuff before Goldberg kicks him into a curio cabinet behind them, killing him. Angie Everhart, I believe, says, uh, I'll, I've been good. And Rebecca Gayhart. Rebecca Gayhart, whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was like, was, was that Hart. Angie Everhart? Did he <laughs> no, figure out who? Somebody Hart. Yeah, she's like, I've been good. He's like, whatever. And basically takes like a table leg and just impales her face. With it, uh, uh, he just cracks her in the face. Yeah, I don't think but he I guess that there's like a well, there's it's, it's shown that there's like a nail hole in her forehead uh, when yeah, she that, hits the ground. Um, another girl is underneath the table trying to hide, and he chases her. Uh, he also grabs Fran Drescher, and as as her head is still burning, 
Drown, drowns her to eggnog. death in the punch bowl. Well, eggnog. It's eggnog. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the other girl is like, and the other girl runs away screaming. He grabs the the star off of the Christmas <laughs> right. tree. Mm-hmm. Yep. And chucks it into her back, impaling her. Yep. And then finally grabs the turkey leg, yanks it off, takes a bite, shoves it in James Conn's mouth, and then slams his head onto the table, basically mm-hmm. impaling a turkey leg through the back of his head. Yeah. It was the magic trick. Mm-hmm. Joker's magic trick yep. with mm-hmm. turkey leg. And then we cut to credits. <laughs> where it <laughs> yeah. says... Yeah, an end of the movie. That's yeah. it. The credits are kind of cool because it's showing the ancient text, which fe- mm-hmm. features heavily in the movie. And yeah. it's, you know, it's all in uh, Norse, like ancient Norse. Mm-hmm. And, and um, it, but like the... It the, starts in the year 1005. Right. right. You know, a thousand years before mm-hmm. this movie open, opened. But it, all, all the people's names that are coming up on the screen are like embedded in the text mm-hmm. somewhere on the page as they go by. You know, like they have... I, I'm pretty sure they were originally thinking that was just going to be the credits. Mm-hmm. And someone came along and were like, can't seem the names very clearly. So there's like superimposed mm-hmm. font on top of it just yeah. for, I don't know. Who knows? Some, some, <laughs> SAG or somebody may have come along and like, you can't read the names clearly enough. <laughs> Likely. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah. So now this is where we're introduced to our heroes, I guess. Who's uh, Nicholas Yulson, who works in a deli. With his boss, who is uh, Saul Rubinek, who you will recognize from everything, a, a billion, billion things, things yes. immediately. And uh, his, it's not really, it, but did she work there? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So she was Emily, also wearing an apron. Yeah. It's Emily DeRaven of Lost um, doing a weird American accent thing. Mm-hmm. It's believable. Yeah. Most well, of the time, yeah. yeah. There's a few times where it slips, like, "Oh yeah, you're Australian." Never mind. Yeah, I was, but, uh, it was it was it was convincing G'day. enough that I was like, "She is actually Australian, right?" Yeah, mm-hmm. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But she, uh, she's the coworker who there's some just miserable old lady. <laughs> she is. Uh, she just is a, a what fucking a treat. worst. This she's, lady. She's everything I want to be when I'm old. Well, she uh, starts off. She's like, "What's in the like the holiday hoagie or something like mm-hmm. that?" He's like. Turkey stuffing. Turkey cranberry yeah. sauce stuffing, yeah. yeah. And she's like, slow down! Well, no, he's saying dumb shit, like Cheerios. No, the does that after. The first time oh, okay. he's just like, turkey yeah. stuffing cranberry. She's like, yeah. slow down, I and, can't understand you. And keep in mind, she's standing in the middle of a deli, just cigarette mm-hmm. burning away in her hand. And he's like, okay, well, it's got Cheerios. And she's like, don't get smart with me, <laughs> Stop you smacking that asshole. Gum. They, they establish he has a character trait of chewing gum, just mm-hmm. mostly so they can get like a minor joke in later. Yeah, A, a, a minor joke. <laughs> but I didn't mean that when he said it. But. Yeah. But then, but then Saul Rubinette comes out and is like, oh, you know, it's, it's, it's the sandwich. You'll like it. He's, you know, he's trying to basically calm her down. And it's like, ah, everything's fine. Everything's fine here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Come pay and, for and, your sandwich. Yeah. And, she, and he's like, she's like, how much? He's like, oh, it's, you know, it's four, four eighty nine. And yeah. she's like, that's so damn expensive. He's like, well, would four fifty work better for you? And she opens up a little, Coin purse. Coin purse yeah. with like a bunch of quarters in it. And then he's like, okay, well, enjoy. Happy holidays. And she's like, don't give me that PC crap. <laughs> Say Merry Christmas. And it's in he's standing next to, you know, like a little uh a little Jewish flag that's mm-hmm. on the counter and there's a menorah there. And he's mm-hmm. like, uh, okay, uh Merry, Merry Christmas. Christmas. 
but he's like they paint him they uh, but, paint him as just the biggest pushover she, she says thank you and go fuck yourself <laughs> yes. and then turns towards uh mac and goes you whore yeah emily to raven yep runs out the door uh, she's terrible mm-hmm. yep. but yeah i mean he's He's kind of, he's just like, it's weird because it's almost set up like, all right, this guy's going to be a pushover. And then he's going to, later on, he's going to really have to fight back yeah, and find it within it himself, and... you know. But no, that doesn't happen later on, mm-hmm. which is it. Th- he gives there... him a couple of gifts, like really lame gifts. Yeah. Like he gives her a snow globe from like Wisconsin for mm-hmm. some reason. And she's like, great. Thanks for the snow globe. He's like, you like the Delaware one so much last year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. And, and he gets, and, I think uh, it's just. And Nick gets a clock, like a world clock with time zones and shit. Oh, on this it. is important though. Yeah. He's a little it's bit oblivious. Chekhov's clock. <laughs> He's a little bit oblivious, I guess. Sure, I guess. No. I, I got Not the really snow globe thing guy. was just like I, I don't know, I got some shit when I was on vacation and mm-hmm. here. <laughs> or maybe yeah. he had a snow globe collection yeah. at home and he's just picking states off of yeah but he's nice enough area. and they're you know they're nice enough yeah, to yeah, him he's about a, it they're he's, not like oh you fucking idiot yeah this isn't like a Scrooge Cratchit situation no. he's a nice guy you know yep but so then uh, he she gives him a ride home and he uh, he gets home and has to like unlock a whole bunch of doors like he has to find different keys for different locks on the door and there's an mm-hmm. alarm system and he and, and, and all the music is very like spooky like you're being stalked type music mm-hmm. and he goes and he looks in the fridge and suddenly the power goes out and then he's he finds a flashlight and starts looking around and then here's a crash and he's like oh no and he goes down in the basement and then finally he's about to switch the you know flip the power on and he turns around and his grandfather's there and drops the drops a box of light bulbs light bulbs mm-hmm. that shatter you know and then of course and, this place has like the old school fuses too mm-hmm. which he probably had some of those in there too yep and he's like, Grandpa, what are you doing? And the grandpa is Robert Culp, who you know from everything as well. Um, but he is uh, he has a shelter in the basement that is basically like a safe room almost, except it's got one of those comical like vault lock type doors. Mm-hmm. And he's like, Grandpa, what are you doing in there? And he's like, ah, whatever, you know, blah. <laughs> and... You'll thank me. You'll thank me when the time comes. Yeah, because it's implied, you know, he's had this conversation with her that he never gets anything he likes for Christmas. It's always practical stuff. And his grandfather doesn't just hates Christmas and never wants to celebrate it at all. And so, you know, he's just kind of it's, you know, it's really implied that they don't do shit for Christmas in this family. Mm -hmm. But uh, so, you know, the grandfather's just like, yeah, well, you know. He's a, he, he this whole scene. He's kind of coming off a little bit frantic, and and, he, mm-hmm. and he's basically like, I, I gotta know. Or he's does this when he pulls out the book and is like starts telling him the tale, or is it um, later? It's a, it's a little bit later because yeah, I think we have we take a break. Like oh, that's yeah, right. Because, Emily uh, Raven, yeah, yeah, she shows up. Yeah, Mac, we just call her yeah. Mac, comes yeah. over and uh, or we call her Claire. I don't know either one, <laughs> but she comes over and um, and she's like, oh, Merry Christmas, I came by, you know, and he's like, oh, cool, and. She, she basically she's given him a Christmas gift. Well, f- first she brings a gift for the grandfather, which is fresh killed Wolverine <laughs> that her dad killed. Yep. And then he's like, "Oh, good. I I just realized I haven't eaten all day." It takes a peek under it, and it's just it's hunks of meat with hair and flies. <laughs> yeah. And- <laughs> it, it looks like it's literally just scraped up mm-hmm. Wolverine. Yeah. Yep. And he's like, "Mmm, I bet it's delicious." <laughs> <And> just <laughs> leaves it like like he's gonna go make something with it in yeah. the room. Yeah. 
and 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 she you know she sits down next to Nick and she's like I got you something too and she hands him this thing that looks like a wrapped piece of pizza <laughs> and he unwraps it and what? he's and, <laughs> and it's a handgun yep just a big old regular handgun yeah and he <laughs> he goes what, how does he put it does he say I appreciate the sentiment he says I don't want to sound ungrateful yeah I don't want to sound ungrateful but are you fucking retarded? <laughs> he's like trying to hide it from his like from, yeah. from grandpa. Yeah. He's like, he's what? Like, does... This is a fucking handgun. Why did you give me a gun? Starts, I know your dad is crazy yeah. about guns, he, yeah, but why did you give me shit about yeah. the gun nut yeah, family? But, but then she takes it and it transforms into a little robot. The guy. worst transformer in yeah, the world. It's it terrible. Because of the, in the car ride when he was saying he didn't get anything. Yeah, he's he like, never. I got... wanted Castle Grayskull and Optimus Prime, and yeah. So yeah, she remembered it was. She was actually being sweet, even though, it was it was, even though it was a yeah. shitty thing. 30 seconds ago. Like, she yeah. dropped him off. He hadn't been home more than four minutes. Well, she yeah, ran but at least, straight out, know. bought a shitty Transformer, and came, wrapped it, and came back. Mm-hmm. And also that got was, some that's Wolverine thoughtful. meat, apparently. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. But so he's like, oh, okay. You know, and then they're just kind of like, they're sitting there watching TV, which I guess, like, there's a monster truck race that's a, the annual Christmas Eve monster truck race they're watching on TV. <laughs> oh, Demolition Derby. Yeah. Cars yeah. Demolition Demolition Derby. Derby. Smashing okay. into each other. Yeah. That is a very Wisconsin but, thing. Like, mm-hmm. while they're hanging out, we cut back and we see um, the evil old lady. I don't even know her yep. name. Mrs. Talbot. Is that her? Is she, uh, sure. She the, a, a evil one. I, yeah. She's listening in the credits. But Evil old lady. Yeah. The evil old lady's just driving down the road and, like, going like five, ten miles an hour. It just swerving going off the road because yep. smoking because she's smoking yeah. and like trying to light another cigarette while she's still smoking one with the car lighter and ashtray just absolutely full of cigarettes and we see <laughs> we see santa santa goldberg now driving his sleigh mm-hmm. quickly up behind her which his sleigh is it's led a, by yeah i was gonna say it's it's kind of your traditional santa sleigh but like we this is the first time we see that it's piloted well, by Except it has a bunch of shields on the side, like a Viking longship. Mm-hmm. Sure, I, yes, I will give you that. But yeah. it's being driven by a goddamn like buffalo, yeah, like a mm-hmm. white, Big white, buffalo. white buffalo. And they keep referring to it as like reindeer and oh, the hell deer, he hell deer. Yeah, yeah, he calls it. But his it's hell deer. a buffalo. It doesn't look anything like a reindeer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but yeah. it's one lone giant fucking buffalo. That's it is cool. Though. Yeah, yep. And he got like. He's like coming up behind her and she's just swerving all over the road and he basically has a Viking horn for mm-hmm. a sleigh horn that he can mm-hmm. just hit a button and and she's like, fuck oh. off <laughs> or something like that. And well, he actually shouts, move, bitch, get out the way. Oh, that's true. Because yeah. <laughs> it was 2005, which is the first top notch Goldbergism we get in this movie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, uh, and also our small uh, welcome to Ludo Christmas. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he basically uh, he rams the back of the car. Sends her careening off the road, flying through the air, crashing into a snowbank and catching on fire. Mm-hmm. We don't actually like the car doesn't explode or anything cool like that. Boo. But it's it's assumed that she perished in this car wreck. Yeah. And he just drives on. Yeah. But mm-hmm. No, this is like, it's just, you know, like, yeah, here's some more. You know, so here's him, him just causing chaos. Yeah. So we cut back to them at the house and the grandfather's like, I'm going to bed and. She goes, oh, well, Merry Christmas. And he goes, Mah. and then she's like, oh, sorry, forgot. I, I did like his line. But he's, he's like, I got to go get my beauty sleeper. I might wake up and look like you two, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. I thought was pretty good. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Robert to, Cole to attract, has some to good, a, good, two attractive young yeah, kids. And yeah. he has some good delivery in this movie for sure. But, uh, you know, then they ju- they're just kind of like, you know, he's like, oh, you think my you think my 
grandfather's crazy. And she's like, no, he's just a little odd, you know, and it's, it becomes one of those situations where, oh, you can't talk shit about him. I can only I can talk shit about him, you know. Right. And so he gets these like, like yeah. you know, what's odd having a bunch of dead animals all over your Showing house and guns everywhere. Club. Yeah, and, yeah. <laughs> you know, and basically like tears into her and her family. And she's like, okay, you know, I brought you a present. I'm hanging out here. I'm young and attractive, and fuck off. Yeah, you know? so she, I'm she, leaving she, now. It's never established that they have some sort of relationship, but in her mind, they do, because she's leaving. She's like, call me when you decide to have a mature relationship. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. No. So that's done. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she leaves, and he's like, oh, God. And is this the part where they read the book then? Yeah, I think that's that's when he's... He, yeah. Where, where he, well, I think we see, don't we see, I think we see Santa murder a few more people. Some because does he go to the strip club like right away? Because well, first they show people in a church where right. the pastor is um, Dave Thomas. Dave Thomas uh, of SCTV fame, right? And he's like, oh, you know, give a the, the Lord need you know the poor. You need to give a lot, and the Lord's yeah. happy with it. And change isn't good, but bills are. And you know, he and then of course cut to him showing up at the strip club, going, hey, I'm here. You know, he's like, hey, is it slow tonight? And he's like, yeah, it's slow. It's Christmas Eve, man, and. He's like, I was never here as he hands yeah. the bouncer a wad of money yep. from the collection plate. Yep. But so he goes inside and he's in the strip club. And the next car that pulls up <laughs> is a fucking buffalo <laughs> leading a sleigh to which Goldberg. Well, by the way, this this hole in the wall strip club has valet parking. Yes, it, it does. <laughs> and also yeah, like also 16. Two guys. Also, like... we have not. OK, we have not mentioned that the entire movie takes place in hell. Hell yeah. Township. Yeah, the hell township. Yeah. Which is a real place, mm-hmm. but they never they never seem to mention the state for some reason. But they always just say it. Yeah, but I mean, no. besides that, besides having valley parking, there's also like sixteen, you know, way too attractive strippers for oh, this yeah. town. Yes, yes, yes. Especially for working Christmas Eve, right? Right. Why yes. they're all working? Why, like uh-huh. when it's a slow night and there's still like twelve to sixteen of them, and mm-hmm. you know, they're all digitally yeah. enhanced and all of that. Yep. But, but yeah, yeah, but yeah, Goldberg he hops out. He hops out of the sleigh and hands the guy like this key. Like, like yeah. tosses him this key and the guy's like, uh, all right. And he gets in and of course the Buffalo goes nuts and the thing takes off and the bouncer's like, Hey man, you, you can't come in here tonight. And he's like, Oh, why the fuck not? I'm Santa. And then murders that guy <laughs> with a wreath. Yeah. He strangles him with a wreath. Yeah. Yeah. That was, what did he do? He, he, he like did like a reverse throw. Like he, he came up behind the guy. Hooked him with the the uh, hooked wreath, him with the wreath, and threw then, like, him over, threw and, him over, and, and then, then like, choked, choked him out with out, the yeah. 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 It was a complicated murder. It was, mm-hmm. but yeah. So he and then he goes inside, and we see the pastor, you know, saying "Merry Christmas" to all these strippers and putting, you know, money in their garters and all that stuff. And then uh, the couple guys behind the bar are like, "Man, what is this?" And uh, well, to- topless waitress walks by him, and he immediately grabs her and like bends her halfway over kissing her yeah and then he points up the mistletoe and he's like eh? Yeah. Eh? and there's a giant samoan bouncer mm-hmm. who's like nah that no this this will not stand mm-hmm. well it's generally frowned upon and yes yeah and so he takes offense and goes over to challenge santa goldberg mm-hmm. everyone else is like oh shit it's gonna be a thing because like one guy runs over and jumps up yeah well the in front of the bar the the, the whole well, theme of the strip club is, is it was like what was the actual name of it? It was like, it was all like a mining thing. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Uh, it was like the, yeah. the gold, the gold diggers. Gold diggers. Yeah, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And yeah, like Holman the Klondikes, which yeah, another joke. Yeah. And one of the chicks was Tess Tickler. Tess Tickler. Yeah. Tess Tickler. She was the featured <laughs> but, performer. But that's why they had like, it was mining equipment. They had like a shovel and a, and a pick or yes. something or an axe right. up there on there. Yeah. And he or just, yeah. well, well, but the, but the guy dies because the first dude is cutting limes behind the bar and turns around and is like, Hey, what's going on with the knife in his hand? Yeah. And Goldberg chucks that dude into him and he's like, Oh God, I stabbed that guy. Yeah, and this just sets off like other people grabbing all right. grabbing the pickaxe. That and the one shovel. dude like does like the like kung fu movie like oh I I've been waiting to do this and like jumps up and just shing like grabs the the shovel and the yeah. axe like off the over the bar mm-hmm. like I I don't know it's just, it was like a move that just didn't feel like it belonged in this movie <laughs> it was yeah. really bizarre yeah but it's on yeah sure. but they're they're swinging away there's some sped up action where goldberg's dodging them and eventually yeah. he just i actually like the move he does he picks up a table with four you know four yeah. leg table mm-hmm. and is like blocking them like lion tamer style and then just starts spinning the table which disarms them because they're like mm-hmm. oh yeah. And... <laughs> yeah but then he throws himself back onto the table so he the does. table lands and lands on top of those two dudes mm-hmm. so like puncturing them yeah um then he's going to break off this uh, stripper pole to fight someone else with, but he goes and is like, he's <laughs> like, before he touches well, it, like, he looks, a woman he looks slides at it. down it and right. then runs away. And then he looks, he gives this look of disgust. He's at like, the pole eh. for a second. So he reaches down and just picks up like some Windex and a towel and wipes the thing down and then rips it out of the mm-hmm. wall uh, to fight, you know, a couple guys with. Yeah. And eventually he, he backs one guy into a corner uh, and, kind of throws him the bar mm-hmm. and the guy's like what and he kind of kicks it up into a light yep and just electrocutes that guy until his face kind of explodes yeah there's like a, a puddle of dude yeah mm-hmm. at the end of it he's all charred yeah and <laughs> and then what he just is- lights the place on fire yeah <laughs> yeah he's walking out and they're and, all yeah, looking all, all, they're all, all like peeking around the corner all these topless women are and then he goes naughty yeah, yeah. reaches into his pocket pulls out a piece of coal and like does Santa magic and, and ignites it. He breathes on it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tosses it on the floor. And the floor is apparently coated in gasoline because yes. most stripper places. Are. Yeah. yeah they are. Petroleum. That's how they keep it clean. <laughs> yeah. They just yeah. pour gasoline yeah. on it. And that place goes up. Yep. And he walks out. I was like, huh. And the, and the, and the Buffalo is choking on something and it spits it out and he picks it up and it's a hat that says valet. He's yeah. like, huh. All right. He ate that guy. Yep. Yeah. So from this point, he, he also I think he also killed some other random dude with a can like a sharpened candy cane because he tried to get this, oh, this yeah, dude tried was, to mug him and yeah, he was he just was, like sucking on a candy. Cane. He was standing. Yeah, he was he was doing this the Salvation, Salvation Army. Army bell. That's what it was. Yeah, I and guys it, like give me your money, Santa. <laughs> it's all basically like, just nope. to set up because the reason the, I I remember the sequence of events that led him to go home and ask about the book because mm-hmm. Santa went on this little mini murder spree and. Kills the all the people at the strip club, kills the random mugger dude, mm-hmm. and then just goes to the deli for whatever reason and mm-hmm. has a, a boner for murdering and, and just goes right for Saul Rubinek's character mm-hmm. and basically stabs him to the wall using the menorah. Well, that's the next day. Huh? That's yeah, the next day. Was it? Because that's, I, that's I, I, totally during the day. Yeah, because because we hit Christmas morning. But oh, I th- I thought he, I thought he was like I thought that's what drove the kid to be like. All right, I need to know what's going on. Well, he, oh, eventually right. he demands from the grandfather. But the grandfather's reading the book. That's what it was. Yeah, he had a little bit of knowledge, before. and he was like, "This guy's crazy." And yeah. the next day, vindicated. He's like, "Oh, he's right. Okay, yeah. you're right." You're but right. it's like Christmas morning, and it, there's like this family. You know, it's time to open the presents, and there's two mm-hmm. like really shitty douchebag kids. Um, 
Yeah, and one's uh, like, I wonder what kind of shit we got. It's like, can we open our motherfucking presents? Yeah. And, the, and the grandparents yeah. are just like, oh, you pieces of shit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they do, and the presents explode and blow those kids' heads off. <laughs> yep. <laughs> to which, just... Yeah, and they cut to 90-year-old grandma who just goes, fuck! <laughs> <laughs> it's really well, it's, it's more like a fuck. Yeah. Because but... it's like, I don't, I'm not too sad, but still, like, mm-hmm. shit, that's messed up. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then that's what leads to him going to the deli. Right. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. Well, because he heard the call. Uh, let's back up. He he got some <laughs> knowledge from his grandpa the night before. Like grandpa had this whole ancient tome and read about it. And, you know, thousand years later after this bet, I don't think he got that much of the knowledge yet, but that Santa Claus was actually evil. And, you know, it's only through modern day interpretation that he actually delivers presents and all the happiness mm-hmm. and that shit. Yeah. And he's just like, yeah, OK, gra- grandpa, maybe you are crazy. Then, you know, next day. That, hap- that happens to the family. He's out. Um, I don't remember why, but he's out and about, and he's at a convenience store with uh, with Zeus. Yeah, running the uh, this convenience yeah, store. tiny listers. Well, in he this goes movie. to buy gum. Right. I- I'm just saying he's out and about for whatever reason on Christmas morning at a convenience store, and he's out of gum. And there's the- a- there's a whole exchange here where he's like asking for gum, and Zeus is like, the exchange is weird because well, he's, he's just like, like, so you got any gum? You know, like. And and the guy's like Zeus is like no actually we're we're fresh yeah, out of we're out because yeah, we're, we're the driver to, yeah got uh, zapped at the strip club last night <laughs> yeah and he's like huh that's weird so like, we do him everywhere we do have this yeah which it's is like, basically Nicorette yeah, yeah but it's like called the smoking, smoking gum, gum. smoking gum <laughs> he's smoking like gun. I've never tried that before all right and I'll take like, some smoking. I'll take that and, the, and Zeus is like it's two forty nine and he's like here you go good sir yeah, which is bullshit because that's like thirty dollars yeah but then he's also like. I've never seen you around here before. And, you know, Zeus is like, yeah, man, well, there was a lot of crime in the hood, so I had to get out. Yeah. And we're like, all right. So, yeah. obviously, at some point, Zeus is going to fight Goldberg. Mm-hmm. He's here for a reason. Yep. No. But no. Guess what? You never see Zeus again. Yeah. The only reason they go there is so that he can hear over the police scanner that something's happened at the deli. Right. And he's like, oh, the deli. Oh, my God, the deli. And he goes there, to which he finds he finds the, our, our kindly deli owner stabbed through the neck with a menorah mm-hmm. and he's like holy shit what the fuck and and also well, okay. we need to note after goldberg left there was a group of jewish dudes like like straight up like side curls everything oh like yeah acidic, acidic jews, acidic jews <laughs> that bump into him and he just gives them a dirty look and growls at them yeah and then moves on but like when he kills that dude the first thing he does is spears him through the deli counter that's true yeah yeah that's true like because Saul Rubinak is like you get out of here you don't belong in here and Goldberg's like yeah well I think and- he was honestly to- tossing multiple balls on him he too. was yeah, yeah. <laughs> I thought he was I thought they were dreidels because in the were earlier they? scene okay. yeah he tried to spin one oh, did he? Okay, okay. just I, fell I, off I the counter part, right? yeah but oh, that's, yeah. yeah you're right yeah. Goldberg fucking spears him through the entire deli cabinet <laughs> And then that's what leads to him getting stabbed. So mm-hmm. I don't want to leave out the fact that Goldberg yeah. does one of his signature moves in this, yeah. which is what you want wrestlers to do in your movies. Mm-hmm. So, but yeah, yeah it, that all sets up because like basically Nick arrives yeah. and is like, oh, shit, goes in and is like pulling on the menorah, trying to free Saul <laughs> Rubinick's body. You know, like yeah. people do when they find someone that's you know, hanging in the movies, yeah, in when the they movies. find a crime scene that yeah. they want to mess with. Right. But like he starts pulling on it and Saul Rubinick's not all the way dead. He's just like, ah. Santa Claus is real. Yeah. And he's like, shit, what? what? And then he just, and then he dies the rest yeah. of the way. And, <laughs> and then the cops show up and they're, just, the one cop is just like, wow, that's fucked up. Yeah. He's like that, man. Well, there, there's like, a giant cop and a midget cop. Yeah. And like the yes. small cop is outside because the, the Hasidic Jews have, have walked to the front of the store 
And there's this weird ADR conversation that they're having where he's asking in their names and you just hear comically people saying Shlomo and he's like Shlomo that's not a name you know yeah. just big dumb white guy mm-hmm. but meanwhile the tall cop is inside and, and like, just no sense of urgency whatsoever oh, he's just like but he's also making fucking puns yeah. he is he's making a shitload of Jewish puns because he's like, like whatever happened here sure isn't kosher yeah, yeah. <laughs> and like oh it's like he really topped off his festival of lights or yeah, something so like that really and all, all this out his festival all, of like, lights. all this shit that like an ignorant person shouldn't know <laughs> like extra information yeah. goes through all of this shit and it's just like Jewish pun after Jewish pun yeah and like I said with no sense of urgency he's just like oh you don't see that every day kind yeah. of thing yeah. and then basically it's like well why don't you go get those Amish guys in the car right there and let's ask them some questions. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, so they arrest the kid and they arrest all of them too. Well, I don't know if they arrest they the kid. Really they arrest they him. take they him just, in for questioning. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, and the kid gets, he, he meets the police chief and he's basically doing the Billy Peltzer gremlins thing where he's like, no, you got to try, you got to believe me. This guy's, this thing's real and he's going to kill everyone. And it, you know, you, you You've been warned, mm-hmm. and and the guy's like, "Dude, you're as fucked up as your grandfather. Yeah. Shut up and get out of here. Get Quit out. wasting my time." Yeah. Despite the kid, you know, being at the scene of a fucking murder, but you know, whatever. No big deal. Yeah. But yeah, he leaves, and Goldberg is there immediately, immediately to just murder everybody. And we don't really see it. We see it like basically well, the aftermath. He does. Cu- he bursts through the sheriff's door, True. Mm-hmm. like j- li- just forcibly explodes through it. Yep. Um, and then like the after he kills him, you just see this aftermath mm-hmm. of everybody in the hall who's already dead in various because like the the two cops have have decided they they're looking at a map of the city mm-hmm. all and the killing. All they killing. put all the the crime scenes you know put pins in it and they're like well see it's a Christmas tree and I bet the next crime will happen right here where the star of the tree is about mm-hmm. to happen and then the other cops like nah it's more like an irregular isosceles triangle and mm-hmm. geometry and it's like so they're arguing about nothing yeah and like Goldberg kills the one guy and puts all the pins in him and it's yep dumb but it is but whatever. yeah but he kills all them and so meanwhile Claire and our main hero kid are driving away and suddenly boo cops are behind them. And she's like, man, you were just like Cop trouble bagging. with your yeah. freaking cops always on you. What's going on? And he's like, I don't know, just pull over. And <laughs> so they do. And Goldberg in his Santa outfit gets out of the car. And, and it's the, like straight terminating terminator. Yeah. Towards the, yeah. Their car. And the kid looks back. He's like, Oh fuck. It's him. Like go, <laughs> go, 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 go. <laughs> yeah. To which Goldberg chases them down and is able to get onto the back of the truck. Well, he he's chasing them down, and then the kid turns back and looks again, and the car and Goldberg are gone. Mm-hmm. And no, that like, was when he went for the gun. She's like, "Reach under the seat, get the gun," because she's swerving all the road trying to, mm-hmm. you know. Well, he anti-TJ like, well, hooker him. Yeah, but he wasn't. I mean, he yeah he vanished. He vanished, for a second. and they're like, "Well, where is he?" Oh, that's and that's when he, his face pops down in front of the windshield, like ah. Yeah, that was when they got the gun. Yeah, but, yeah. and then so she's like, <laughs> "Get." my father's shotgun from underneath the thing. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not loaded. So they go through this whole convoluted how well, to load a shotgun. Well, no, but she's, she's using the official terms right. for everything. And, and he's, and like, he's huh? like, I don't know what and and like, she's like, put bullet, put bullet in, the in the hole. In hole. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's trying to aim at him, but it's not going. And he just says, do a top gun. And she's like, what? He's like, slam on the brakes. He'll go right past us. Mm-hmm. So they slam on the brakes. He doesn't fly out of the truck, but he does fly back. Yeah, into he the bed. He, yeah. He basically hits his hip on the on like the hood of, yeah. you know, the top of the, the roof of the car and then falls back. And he's like, 
Oh, shit, that didn't work. <laughs> right. So but when he goes to stand up again, that's when he shoots at him, mm-hmm. uh, which knocks him out of the truck, mm-hmm. but yeah. doesn't do anything else. No. Really? They just speed away. And it's like, OK, well, we got away, but mm-hmm. it doesn't really help. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so they go back to the house. Yeah. And, you know, get downstairs, get into the, the safe room with Robert Culp. And he's like, did Santa follow you? And he's like, probably. No, Maybe. I, don't yeah. I don't think so. But. Sorry, I didn't yeah. believe you all those other times. Yeah. I mean, he's like, I built this as a hideout, not a fortress. So mm-hmm. we better get ready. There was a bit at one point, I think earlier in the day when he just decided to read the book for himself. Mm-hmm. And that's when it gives the entire backstory of what the deal is. Mm-hmm. But it's done as a Rankin Bass stop motion animation yeah. thing to where uh, this angel comes down to earth and well, they Santa, just say an old man at first. Yeah, mm-hmm. but uh, no, they no, it's flat out. Yeah, they, an angel oh, comes down, angel? takes okay. the form of an old man. Yeah. Oh, okay. Goes to confront Santa, who's being a dick, and they have who a is, curling fight. Who is the son of Satan? Yes, as they put it. Oh, yeah, they, yeah. That's the whole weird thing too. Is that? Yeah, they were like, there's been two immaculate conceptions. Yeah. So one, mm-hmm. one was Jesus, the other was Santa. But basically, they have a, a curling battle. Mm-hmm. Uh. It's like curling mixed meat meets shuffleboard, something sort of. like that. No, no, it's just straight up. I mean, it's curling, but I don't think you have the hole in curling. No, you no. don't have a hurl, uh, hole in shuffleboard either, really. But you know. it's both. Yeah, depending on what side of the border you're on. I don't know a shit about curling. It's cold, so it's curling. It's also shaped exactly like a curling stone. The, the old man in the story basically just kind of tricks Santa because he's yes. like, "I'll go for whoever gets closest to the hole wins," you know. And you go first. You go first. Yeah. So he's like, "Ah, I get super close," and the old man just goes doink and knocks his rock into the the hole and then mm-hmm. he wins so that means that santa yeah. has for a hundred or a thousand, a thousand years has to be nice and the kid looks and goes oh my god that was in the year 1005 it's exactly a thousand years ago yeah so that's that's the whole mm-hmm. backstory he's put that together so mm-hmm. they are then preparing mm-hmm. yeah uh to which goldberg then just arrives well there's carolers <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, like the, yeah, the doorbell okay. rings and he's like, oh, damn, carolers. Yeah. And which has like, happened why, several times. Like, why, do we have, why do we have car- carolers in the middle of the day? Who does that? And on Christmas, on yeah. Christmas Day. And yeah. I love that she opens the door and it's like, Santa's coming. <laughs> Get out of here. And they're like, what? Yeah. To and, which he's just like, ho, 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 motherfucker. Well, yeah, he's behind and, them all. You kind of saw him walking yeah. up with them. Yeah. Yeah. And then he just like. Just, just starts chucking fucking dudes, wrecking people. <laughs> yes, just picking them up, just like a lady. <laughs> yeah, a lady. He's pressing over his head, and then he he drops her on like the railing. Yeah, just like snapping her neck. Yep. Yeah. There are there's are some really goofy kills in this, but some of them are like actually pretty good as far as mm-hmm. like interesting horror movie kills. Uh-huh. Yeah. But yeah, and he, so they shut the door, run back to the mm-hmm. to the bunker, and you know, of course, he's trying to he breaks immediately breaks through the front door. The mm-hmm. three deadbolts do nothing. No, um, no, he just double fist like overhead slams the door yeah. and it, it falls down. And, and we didn't mention good. like the, the the vault door thing that leads to this bunker is covered by a big giant ancient map. Yeah, but it didn't come down all the way. They they have it rigged so you push a button mm-hmm. and like curtains come down. Yeah, and it didn't come down all the way. So Goldberg's just like, oh, metal door, there it is, mm-hmm. and starts banging on the door yeah. and, and they're like, we have to get out of here. And he's like, I, I got a plan. Take these first. And, and it's there's a whole convoluted dumb thing yeah. with Tenactin. It's like, did you sponsor this movie? But um, <laughs> like, anyway, he's like, here's two keys. Like, what are these for? We have to get to the garage. Oh, look, I have a secret hatch over here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But they get to snowmobiles in mm-hmm. the garage and he's like, you guys need to get out of here. You need to get these started and go. Yeah. And to which, you know, Goldberg shows up in the alleyway and he's like, I've been waiting a long time. Yeah. Cause he saw him, like, once he was in, he saw them all on the video cameras. He's like, oh, they're outside now. Just mm-hmm. leave this bunker. Cause he does bust his way through eventually. Yeah. But 
she can't start her snowmobile. He starts it right away and kind of sort of pulls out of the garage a little bit. Grandpa's just standing there like, come on, we got to go. We got to go. And uh, you just kind of like he gets basically blindsided by Santa sleigh reindeer. Mm-hmm. Like, well, they yeah. have a confrontation in, in the alleyway first. He's like standing there having a showdown. He's like, oh, you've put on some weight. Yeah. And he's like, were they Mrs. Claus? Were they confirmed pretty- for people who have been paying attention right. that he is the old Robert Culp was the angel in the beginning. Right. Yeah. Right. But yeah, he's like, yeah, Mrs. Claus is pretty good cook. And then mm-hmm. basically he gets run over by the reindeer yes. to which yeah. Goldberg says, oh, grandpa got run over by the reindeer. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and, then, and then he stomps on his head and he, grinds he, it into the ground. Does, and the yeah. kids are like, fuck, and yeah. take off. And there's a big snowmobile chase. There's one thing in the scene when he get when Goldberg gets into the vault before, like after they've left, mm-hmm. he picks up the book and he looks at a page where there's like a red Santa, a green Santa, a blue Santa. And it's like, hmm. And takes that page with him, apparently. It looked like to me. It seemed he, like he, he just liked th- it. He just touched it and was like having he's, fond memories of it. He's trying yeah. to double tap on it to give it the little. He's swiping. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, he he just the book brought him joy because it was a memory. Like, so oh, he, yeah, oh, I remember yeah. when I was so that's always all that was, badass. Yeah, yeah. so that's yeah, what that was supposed me. to be. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's really I, I, all I was, it, was. It, it felt like a plot point thing that just never came back. No, well, it was really just. Hey, there are a lot look. of those things in this. There's yeah. some dumb shit where it seemed like they were setting up for a sequel. Like mm-hmm. they were probably like, if we do this again, we could get <laughs> other Santas and other wrestlers. Maybe. Maybe yeah. that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Sting, yeah. Sting's not busy in 2005. Oh, God. <laughs> uh. <laughs> but yeah, so they uh, they get into this big snowmobile action scene. Yep. Where they are taking off and Santa is flying behind them in his sleigh, throwing grenade presents at them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty good. It's it's one of those movies where things aren't too thought out, but they're just thought out enough to where it's like, yeah, okay. <laughs> Present grenades, why not? Because, mm-hmm. I mean, he did give two kids presents that blew their heads off, so sure, it's not yeah. like he came out of nowhere. So but. there was precedent for those presents. Present. 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 Yeah. Precedent. <laughs> Presents. Present precedent. Yeah, so yeah. he's uh he's chucking present grenades at him. Mm-hmm. Uh they 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 blow through like a some people are skeet shooting. Mm-hmm. Um which yeah, suddenly there's skeet hitting the uh skeet hitting their windshield. Uh-huh. <laughs> They're getting skeeted on. Yeah. <laughs> God damn. Yeah. So they kind of blow through that. And it's yeah, just... they, they knock all those guys off of a off of the ledge they're on. They you know they fall into a snowbank and they're like, sorry about that. Yeah, and they get into the town where everyone's having like the shittiest tree lighting ceremony ever. It's just Dave Thomas dressed as Santa leading all the parishioners who yeah. have various sized bells, and none of them are actually performing anything. They're just ringing them. But if but the tree is like if the Charlie Brown Christmas tree was twenty <laughs> feet tall. Right. Yeah. It's garbage. <laughs> it's and it is the laziest like the the laziest decorated Christmas tree I think I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. Like it's bad. It, well, they li- I think they that's only because they light it on fire. Yeah, probably. probably. Two minutes later. Yeah, but still, I, it's probably just because it's hell and everybody is mm-hmm. shitty in hell. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, they're 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 doing the tree laying in the carols in front of the tree, and Santa comes and terrorizes everyone from the skies. I probably kills a couple more people. Doesn't he? Is this where he takes Dave Thomas yeah. hostage? He, yeah. fl- he flips Dave Thomas around to where he lands in the sleigh, right? And he's just like, "Hi, <laughs> punch!" And Dave Thomas is like, "Jesus Christ!" <laughs> yeah. So he's he like, he the, he spends the rest of the movie sort of either conscious or unconscious mm-hmm. in the passenger seat of the sleigh. Yeah. And Goldberg tells him, "I'm here to spread some Christmas fear." Yeah. 
and and then punches him in the head and knocks him out. <laughs> right, which he will do two or three more times. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so the kids get to school, right? Yeah, they get they break into their school because they're just trying to hide. They're like, and they figured out that that because of Greenwich Mean Time, that they've got until seven p.m. and that's the when Christmas is officially over. Right. So they got to last that long, which is about an hour from because Santa loses his powers. Yeah. Or something. That's what they say. I don't remember that being part of the story, but I may have not been paying enough attention. Uh, the grandfather uh, says it at one point. Oh, he does. He okay. says, you know, uh, he will lose his powers when Christmas is over. Ah. and so, sure. Yes. So the 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 kid is always just like, you know, do we want to go on the offensive or do we want to just go on the defensive and just hide until his powers are gone and then deal with it? Um, <laughs> Good idea. Yeah. So they eventually they're hiding in a library. Mm-hmm. Well, um, he's he's like, let's go on the offensive. And, and, and like that lasts about like two seconds until like they see Goldberg because like they're hiding in the school is what happens. They, yeah, they, yeah. Break, they break into school and he's like, let's go on the offensive. And they see Goldberg. He's like, change my mind. Let's go on the defensive. Yeah, let's hide. Yeah. And Goldberg, he's like yanked off the coat and everything where he's just like, oh, yeah, he's showing off his guns. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, oh, fuck. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he chases them out of the library with like a smoke bomb. That's in an ornament. Yeah, yes. he, he pulls and, the ornament and throws and it. And as out. they're running out of the room, he 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 picks up a copy of a Christmas Carol and he yeah. goes, "Christmas scares the dickens out of people, doesn't it?" And then chucks the book at the kid and hits this kid square in the face with it, like yep. spine to the face. Mm-hmm. Yep. And he goes, and they get out the door. He goes, "Ah, that fucking hurt." <laughs> she's yeah. like, she's like, "Are you okay?" He's like. That really hurt. He that keeps acknowledging it too, which is one of the best things because no one in movies ever does that. Yeah. But for at least the next thirty seconds, they will cut to him and he will just be like, "God, that really hurts." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which a- could have just been the kid who actually getting hit by the book yeah. and just saying over, "That really hurt." But mm. I don't know. It's it's a pretty good. It is joke. Yeah. <laughs> but they they eventually run and end up on the uh, hockey rink. Yeah. Which okay. This is school. Th- this is their school, and they <laughs> open the door, hit the rink, which apparently is like Ready the go. ice is at the door yeah. that enters the. Well, it's not a gym, whatever. Yeah. But I mean, they immediately hit the ice and like we didn't know the rink was here. Oh shit! I'm totally <laughs> going so in, fast. Oh fuck! They were being chased <laughs> yes. by a demonic Santa. Yeah. They weren't sure. thinking rationally. No, they weren't thinking. Right. This is the one thing that Harlow has yeah. a problem with in this entire movie. <laughs> yeah. The one the one inconsistency he brings up <laughs> multiple times, I'm, like I could. The kids everything didn't else. know twice. Huh. Once when it happened, and uh-huh. now you pedantic motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm sorry, like this is a little weird. It's their own school. It's a little weird. Demon Santa Claus comes comes storming Listen, in from. I bought it when he fried the guy with the pole that he stuck into the light sure, thing. We've yeah. established I that's a thing that, that, that can the happen. Buffalo ate the guy. Why the fuck not? However. <laughs> Look, we're dealing with <laughs> mythological forces of Santa powers and two kids who go to a school and apparently don't know there's a fucking hockey rink in their own school. He kicked a Pomeranian into a ceiling fan. The Pomeranian <laughs> went around twice and then flew off. Sure. That's that, fine. That can really happen. That's fine. Again, That's okay. I'm saying All right. mythological right. Santa powers. I'm just making sure I understand where you draw your lines. <laughs> To be fair, yeah. it's, it's a, I, I wouldn't have a problem with it if it wasn't like a setup for a, a dumb fucking pratfall where people just go through a door and go, whoops, you know, like yeah. it, it almost like they cut an entire scene out and they were like, I don't know, just fall down like you suddenly hit the ice. 
That's uh, honestly what it feels that like. That is entirely plausible for this movie. Yeah. Right. That's I think that's it's not as funny. It's a sloppy fucking if edit. they open the door and they're like, Oh yeah, the ice skating rink. Let's mm. let's be careful and maybe walk they over knew towards. it was there. They <laughs> yeah. just fell because they were afraid. Sure. Yeah. Either way. Whatever. They they get they crash into a wall and they're just they like, have to land uh, there anyway yeah. for mm-hmm. the next yeah. thing sure. to happen. Because mm-hmm. then uh Goldberg comes through the wall. On a Zamboni. On a Zamboni. Trying to kill them. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> to which he almost futterman's them up mm-hmm. against the wall of the of the rink but uh he gets stopped by a curling rock yes that is glowing yellow yep and they look over and off on the side of the rink is glowing robert Culp. yes <laughs> uh who... which i honestly thought like when this happened i was like you know hockey rinks aren't square no they're round i thought they were like perfectly in the corner yeah That's and the zamboni well. just like wedged itself on either side yeah but it was a magical curling stone and and, yep. and grandpa angel yep <laughs> yeah. he's like ah, i didn't think i forget about you and he's mm. he's now dressed in white he looks like a leprechaun he's just like white <laughs> yeah. and green and glowing he also looks like they didn't put any makeup on him yeah he looks worse here for some reason yeah he looks like he like he'd have been on a bender or something yeah, yeah. like Maybe Angel, his hair is Death a little. Wasn't treating Angel Grandpa very well. His yeah. hair is a little wackier as well. Yeah, but he's got like bags under his eyes that yeah, like he yeah. just it's weird. Yeah, he didn't he didn't look good here. Yeah. Well, he had been killed. He was dead. That's Stumped. true. Yeah. He had I, been. I mean, Death was not treating him <laughs> his well. Head but had still. been crushed. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so he's basically like, all right, let's do this again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's like, hey, but this time it's not just a thousand years; it's forever. You yeah. got to be good. And he's like, well, if, it's, if that's the case, then you'll be in hell forever. And he opens up this hole in the floor. Mm-hmm. Stumps in, on in the, the ice. rink. Yeah, rink. The hole opens up. There's fire and wailing voices coming from down in it. And he's like, all right. You know, and, and he looks at the kid and he goes, hey, you know, the best gifts are the practical ones, right? For, and you know, wink, wink, yep. nod, nod. Because earlier he'd given him a... Uh, a nutcracker that shoots chestnuts that apparently explode or I, are supposed to. They're high velocity chestnuts. I, yeah. I, I, I meant to actually Google this while we were watching it, but he said something like if you if you don't pierce a chestnut, then when it when uh, you crack it up, it, yeah. it explodes. Yeah. Is yeah. that true? I don't know. Is that like an old wives tale? I didn't. I didn't snopes this or anything. I don't yeah. know, but that's what the that's what they're going on is that if you crush or heat up a, a chestnut, it will explode. Yeah, it's better than like mountain than uh, Mentos and Diet, Diet Coke. Coke. Right, but that does not actually happen. It does, but this is more <laughs> this is more appropriate. I oh, you do, you do need to cut uh, a chestnut. You do need to cut it. Yeah, okay. Okay. they will so explode. There you go. They took a. I don't know if it will kill I, you. I, I th- I'd say, all learned I'd say it's more like the wintergreen lifesaver spark, where it's just like. Yeah, it may be true if you, you could produce a small spark, but not an explosive spark. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. Diet Coke yeah. and Mentos makes a pretty big reaction. But anyway, he yeah. he reminds him of this before throwing his stone, to which he's like, ah, right on the edge. And then Goldberg's like, yeah, that's cool. And then grabs Robert Culp <laughs> and chucks him down the ice into the hole. Yes. Mm-hmm. He's like, ha, ah, whatever, I win. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And then the kids are like, Oh, thank God, it's after seven. You don't have any powers anymore. And he goes, well, actually, the North Pole is not in <laughs> well, any specific actually, time zone, so it can be decided that any time zone is the proper time it's zone. It's the convergence of all the time zones, yeah. you fucking idiot. And, and then she goes... <laughs> Hell, actually. And she goes... <laughs> Santa's mansplaining. <laughs> <laughs> but she goes, man, he's frightening, but educational. Yeah. 
Yeah. Uh, so at this point, he pulls out the yeah. the nutcracker thing and, and fires it at Goldberg, yeah. which hits him in the chest with mm-hmm. it. Because Goldberg said, "I I decide when Christmas is over." Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the Goldberg kid's like, "Oh fuck!" Also tries to like spit coal at them. Yeah, or he, something. he's able to spit fire coal fireballs out of yeah. his face or whatever. Mm-hmm. So whenever it's convenient to yeah. the plot, but it doesn't connect. And then he fires his you know nutcracker thing at mm-hmm. him, which. Hit, this glowing thing hits him in the chest and he says chest nut because mm-hmm. he got hit in the chest with a nut mm-hmm. oh yeah. I get it. Do it it's bad it's presented like ooh but it's like no yeah. <laughs> boo it's no. more like it um but yeah, go. It, it doesn't really do much to him. I thought it was going to explode. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it but did not. No, Goldberg cool. just gets yeah, back he's, up. he's just laying on the ground down, and then they hear Robert Cole from in the hole going, "Hey guys, hey, you want to get me out of here, please?" <laughs> so they're yanking him up out of hell, and Goldberg rams the zamboni out the wall and yep. takes off. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, and and Robert Culp can't go with them. He's blocked to stay inside the building. He for can't leave reason. the hockey rink. There's a barrier there. He can't go beyond the great so, barrier. Does he have to be like a hockey rink ghost? Yeah, from he's going to haunt that he's, place forever. Yeah, yeah. Just taunt the kids. He's stuck. It's, it's shoeless Joe rules. You uh-huh. know? Like, it's, <laughs> the, yeah. it's the rink of yeah. dreams. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So the kids are basically like, well, let's if we can steer them back towards where those skeet shooters are. Mm-hmm. They have guns. That'll help. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And they get they get back here like no problem whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they, they don't really the lure are... him. They're, they're actually more like, we got to get to the skeet shooters and Santa will come to us. Right. Yeah. Because he, he makes this whole dumb thing of like, I have a reindeer call or some shit. I have a hell deer, flying deer mm-hmm. call. Yeah. He's like, deer. oh, there's. Do you... He keeps calling him bird deer. Bird that's deer. What... Yeah. Do you want to shoot a bird deer? Like, yeah. that's, that's really cool, right? Ugh. Idiots. And they're like, yeah. yeah, that's great. And there's this whole sequence of this. Old dude with the don't always die from tobacco thing. Yeah. 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 While smoking the whole time, of Mm -hmm. course. Well, he has to take a puff and then stop and then. They're coming right for us. Yeah. Yeah. And then. Yeah. He convinces them. Okay. When this thing, when we whistle this, you're going to want to have your guns ready to shoot this thing. Right. And like she gives him a gun and he's like. I'm gonna do this. Here we go, and everyone takes aim. This is the thing that I take umbrage with as a oh, as okay. a firearms pedant uh-huh. uh, or as a resident firearms pedant. They give him this double barrel shotgun, mm-hmm. which is short as hell. Looks like it's barely legal length, mm-hmm. and it's got a massive scope on it. Yep. And like you're never yeah. ever the most useless ever scope on going Earth. to get that kind of use out of that. Anyhow. No. I'm yeah. not as upset as you are about the hockey rink. No, no, I, I, I get it. I just, I think like movie props <laughs> like this are just like gun, put thing on, make yeah. it look cooler. It, yeah. it yeah. happens weirdly like that a lot. Yeah. I, I don't know if movie firearms prop masters don't understand how firearms. I work think they just, I think they just take what they can get yeah. at that day. They're Screw like, what do you right have now. left? Yeah. All right, cool. Couple that together and let's go. Yeah, well, they had so many guns in that scene anyway. Because sure. there's yeah. like a, you know, there's there's like ten guys that are all aiming out I mean, at the. Thing, they, they could have given him any gun with a scope because ultimately he's he's got the hero like you're all clear kid let's blow this mm-hmm. thing and go home shot with the scope right on the uh, yeah. the hell deer's head yeah yep. as it's coming in from the basically the moon and you think I mean you think it's his gun because of the shot but you basically just see like two like a rocket come out hit the reindeer cause a bad CG explosion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's just like, holy shit, what happened? And they all yeah. simultaneously like look down this chorus line of guns and, and 
uh, Max there and is like, Dad! And he's just fucking holding a, a bazooka and, yeah. and he's like, hey, got him! Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and she's like, Where, where'd you get that thing? And the guy with the voice box, he's decked out in llama cigarette branded mm. stuff yeah. and he says basically like, yeah, well, I got Jimmy over points. there got enough llama points to get me this sweet bazooka. What do you think? Yeah. And, <laughs> and he's like, only cost me a lung. <laughs> and then we, we also didn't mention that her brother her, showed her up. Dipshit in the, brothers. There. And he's like, and also your vocal cords. <laughs> and they're all yeah. like, <laughs> <laughs> it's like, what the fuck, people? <laughs> they live in hell. But yes, th- th- this is how Santa attacking them resolves. Mm-hmm. Is a guy shoots a bazooka at him in the sky yeah. and like chunks of chunks of chunks meat, of fall, meat on them. fall on them. <laughs> but it didn't even look like it didn't even look like Santa was in his sleigh. I no, I don't think he was. No, because uh, yeah. like I mean, this, there's an explosion. They they go off to scrape up the the bird deer <laughs> as they keep calling <laughs> mm-hmm, yeah. it for some reason. Yeah, and they go over to the flagpole. I think in front of the school. I assume, and uh, oh, yeah. find a Santa impaled, and it's it's Dave Thomas still in his <laughs> Santa outfit, <laughs> and then this guy just comes up with like a. Like the jaws of life saw essentially, it's, and it's just like like a concrete. Yeah, saw, yeah, he's like, you're gonna want to move back. This is about to get messy. Yeah, <laughs> right. And he's just like, he's fucking into it. He's like, I've been waiting for this shit. <laughs> yeah. And then he walks, he walks out, and they start talking about whatever. But you can hear him in the background <laughs> sawing not through the pole, no. but through guts <laughs> through yeah. the dude. Yeah, because yeah, he perfectly impaled himself mm-hmm. straight through the middle. So yeah, apparently yeah. they just sawed one half of him. And like, yeah, right. <laughs> I guess the implication was because like at one point when Goldberg was escaping, he came out and bonked Dave Thomas over the head with a mallet. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I guess the implication was he had put Dave Thomas in the sleigh. Sure. That's and what I think. That's yeah. how he got impaled on the flagpole. That's why they went yeah, over there. Yeah. But they're all just yeah. like, all right, hooray. I we guess get- we killed Santa. Yeah. And so she walks off with him and she's basically like, well, good job, you know, doing all this. I Maybe we're in a relationship now. I yeah. don't know. And she's like, "Well, you need to, you need to get better at kissing, though." Oh, like, oh right. yeah, well, oh, you. Oh no, she. Yeah. All right. They, so they do the thing like where you do the um the this you know it's for the live stream the little OK symbol like yeah. down mm-hmm. below your chest oh, and you yeah. make somebody look below at the it. nipples. Yeah, and you get somebody to you know see look at it and you get two punches. Yeah, mm-hmm. but he gets her finally. She like this has been going a couple times yeah. throughout the movie. Yeah, and he finally well, they gets only, her. They only set it up once. Once. Like, mm-hmm. Once yeah, in the daily. Yeah. But and she, she apparently always gets her finger in the hole, which means you get. To punch, to the punch them, yeah. right? But so he finally yeah. gets her, and then she still punches him, and, and he's like, "What the hell? I I won this time." And, and he goes, "She goes like, whatever. You hit like a girl." And they they kind of kiss. <laughs> she, she, no, goes, she, goes, oh, he, she goes, "She goes, yeah, well, yeah. you kiss like a man." <laughs> and then she looks at him for a second, and he goes. Oh yeah, like there's a long pause. There's yeah. a there's a decently he, comedic he, pause. He there. gives yeah. this look like I just burned myself, didn't I? Yeah. Like, 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 that was how, the worst thing to say. How do, wait, how do I know that? <laughs> how do I know yeah. that? All right, let's just kiss. Yeah, let's make yep. it. Yeah. It's, it's a pretty good joke. Yeah. And they but kiss, and then... There's a little epilogue thing where Santa's in the airport booking a yes, ticket. Yes, and she's like, oh, Mr. Satan? And he's like, it's Shatan. Yeah. And she's like, oh, you mean like the hockey player? And Goldberg just gives her this stare <laughs> of death. And she's like, well... Well then, do, do you, you have, have any luggage? bags to check? And of course, he picks up his big red bag and mm-hmm. throws it on the thing. Which yeah. she has to do the you know the TSA thing. Like, did anyone anyone else touch your sack? And yeah. she's like, mm-hmm. uh, I, she's like, okay then. Well, just go ahead and take your seat. Mm-hmm. I do like the joke. They don't call attention to it, which is almost even better. But when she walks out of the way, you see the name of the airline, which is North Polar, P O L A I R. Oh, is sure. it? Yeah, okay. I'm I missed. That. And it's like. 
all right <laughs> so why is there a company offering flights to the north pole mm-hmm. yeah. but if you are might as well do it in a pun because why not mm-hmm. but uh, yeah he had a, he was taking a flight to the north pole yeah. via winnipeg by the way he is now he's dressed as a biker mm-hmm. now he's braided his beard and his hair and mm-hmm. just has like a flame jacket on and is just like he's biker goldberg now yeah and he just goes and sits out with the people mm-hmm. and Movie that's it yep he just goes back to the north pole mm-hmm. yep until there's a scene after the credits yes he fixes the cable <laughs> yeah. he's he's standing next to it first of all the credits are 10 minutes long yeah and then after the credits end it's just goldberg standing next to a christmas tree with a list and then he turns to the camera and says who's next because that was probably in the trailer because mm-hmm. that's how you saw a movie like this yeah <laughs> so yeah that mm-hmm. that's the end of the movie there no Stargrove, but I don't know. The music is kind of just there. There's yeah. a, if they'd gotten a better band, it was pretty clever music. For what they got, it was fine. I, I know. I'm just saying, like the songs were kind of funny in like a, a movie like this. It's just the band was so fun. Like yeah, they, they were like a mini like, band. Yeah, it's just kind of like new punk versions yeah. of yeah. But of every, everything's songs. all like MIDI. Though. They blew all their money on on Build James Con. Yeah, <laughs> it's like, well, can we get a good band or can we get James Con? Mm-hmm. You get James Con. <laughs> So clearly the better choice. Yeah. Um, I'll, I'll go. No one else is jumping. All right. Rated. All right. Um, this movie's real dumb, but, and like, <laughs> I, there were points in this where like, especially in the beginning, I was like, uh Oh, this is going to be like one of those constant week at the camera bullshit things like Sharknado. Isn't it? Like I had that fear mm-hmm. very early on the yep. opening scene. It was actually post the cold open because the cold open was, was kind of fucking awesome, like everything about it. Yeah. Um, and then like once the movie set it, and I was like, oh, you just you just had all the clever there now, and it's it's about to be a Sharknado bullshit thing. Except it is and it isn't. There's a lot of winking at the camera and and dumb bad puns. It just never crosses. It never crosses into that territory, and I don't know what it is about Sharknado. It's like they'll say that dumb shit and then like wait, like react now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, like what I said was funny. Yeah. Like you're waiting for an audience to laugh that isn't even there. Um, well, this one's so much of the jokes, like they're straight up. They're clearly jokes, mm-hmm. but they're more subtle. Sure. Than that. Like they're they're just they're more well delivered right. by far. So I, I I don't know. I, I, I like this dumb, dumb movie and I and I cannot totally explain why I, I would actually totally watch this again. So and like. I'm basing it on like the how how much would I like to watch it again and how many times would I watch it again? And I think I I got to give it three jocks. Okay, uh, I can go. Okay, okay. if you guys, uh, <laughs> uh, I agree with Harlow. I think this is a three jocks movie. I it this far exceeded any expectations I had for it whatsoever. Yeah, there's still some real like garbage execution of like like a lot of like Goldberg chasing people from the sky is like terrible green screen work and you know like like the when they are doing the action stuff it's very much cobbled together in a way that's like, man, we don't know how to fucking do this, but it's still, it's, it's funny when it needs to be funny and that, that stuff matters. And it's just fun seeing stupid kills, which Mm -hmm. is, you know, which is basically what everyone wants. And I just, I love the idea of basically like a Christmas movie like this being made by a whole bunch of Jewish people is like pretty funny to me in itself. Yeah. So, yeah, it's it's three jocks. It's far, far better than I ever expected this to be. I will agree that it is far, far better than I ever expected it to be. But this movie is still a big 
dumb, poorly put together mess. Um, it nails some jokes when it absolutely has to. It nails a lot of jokes when it absolutely has to, but that's that's almost the only thing it does right. And I know that's almost all it has to do right, but it's so messy in every other way. Like if I think if they had held this like if they had held the story together with more than bubblegum and duct tape, um, it might be pretty damn good. And there's some appreciably good kills, but they don't they don't shoot around whatever Goldberg's weaknesses are mm-hmm. very well. They don't shoot around anybody's weaknesses. They're all pretty much on full display. And it's just a bit too clunky. Like there's this is maybe a couple years of experience a couple years of experience away from being one of those sleeper Christmas classic movies that everybody should actually watch. Unfortunately, it falls just one bag short. So there it is, one bags. Wow. Wow. I I if you could just if you could miss all of the all of the bad stuff, there's enough there. <laughs> you, duh. Um but if you could polish this movie up some, it would be it would be really, really good. As it is, it's only good for, you know for maybe a couple maybe half a dozen gifts mm. is what this movie is worth. Um other than that, like I wouldn't I wouldn't sit somebody down and say, You gotta watch this or maybe you should watch this. Hmm. It's just not quite that good. All right. Chuck, well gonna I, give it five jocks. No. Okay. I was at I was at three jocks for a while. Uh I was kind of surprised by this movie. Um it seemed to be letting Bill Goldberg do as much as he needed to do without doing more. But then the movie kind of changes at some point. It's about halfway through where they start letting Goldberg talk more. And that's when like the really bad jokes start happening. Yeah. And it's like, okay, you guys blew it. You were letting him do the, the exact things he needed to do, which is snarl and, you know, murder people and occasionally just say a quick thing. But that's it. Once you start letting him string sentences together and the sentences aren't very good to begin with, mm-hmm. it's a double whammy of terrible writing and a bad performance. I, I was on board with him the almost the entire way. I thought he was doing great with his limited stuff in the first half of the movie. I was like, wow, he's really being a trooper about this and doesn't seem like, you know, embarrassed by any of it. He's really going for it. Uh, it's just that switch, you know, about halfway through where it just like, man, it, it just loses its way. And then that giant wet fart of an ending is just i mean like it ended and we're like that yeah. that's the ending yeah. there's that's, like no resolution that's whatsoever. fucking terrible that's bad it looks like they were just directly setting up for santa's sleigh too maybe for some reason maybe but yeah so i gotta drop it slightly and and just give it two jocks uh I, i'm still i'm still on board with it as a movie i think it it's even during the second half which has some a lot of badness in it. There are still some, some good jokes. Him getting it hit in the face with that book is, <laughs> I will continue to chuckle at that when yeah. I think about it. Um, so it, it's got those like little moments all throughout it where, uh, just a quick bit happens. You're like, Oh, okay. That's pretty good. This movie has something. There's something there. Uh, I just wish that it had been able to maintain that something the entire time. And it just, it doesn't. All right. then. Yeah. Merry Christmas. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Have some jocks and a bags. <laughs> <laughs> you
you got to have something, you know, to put all the gifts in. So mm-hmm. put, you can put all your jocks into my bags. And... <laughs> okay. Fair enough. Let's take a break, shall we? Okay. Let's. All right, welcome back. Hey, hey Bamcast. Bamcast. Second half. Mm-hmm. Yeah, half Bamcast. number two. Woo. Um, so yeah, we're we're going to talk Rogue One, but we're going to do that at the end because yeah, for the five people, including Chuck, who haven't seen it. Yeah, sure. Well, we're we're not going to be spoilery, but you know, there are some people that some people don't want anything. Right. Some people don't want anything. Some people are angry about it. Some people are irrationally happy about it. Just whatever. If if you have strong opinions, you, we're going to talk about other movies first. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um. So I, I I'll be brief. I I watched another movie in the pinball project, silver screen, silver balls, all the names that I don't haven't really settled on one. Silver ball. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, I'm still trying to continue with the worst ones first to get them out of the way. Uh, and that left me well. Johnny Mnemonic, uh, thankfully, you know, took care of one for last week. If you didn't notice, I didn't do one in the second half. Yeah, the first half one was was, and I, I don't think I even really mentioned that correlation that that was a pinball table. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Okay, well, it was. So that's what happened last week. Okay. Yep. Uh, this week, Space Jam. <laughs> Spam. <laughs> oh, you did it. I did wow. Space Jam. Space okay. Jam, huh? Yep. Space Jam. Uh, I hear a lot of people like that movie for some reason. Well. I hear a lot of people talk about the website that looks exactly like it did in 1996. Yeah, I think and I think, I don't think anybody who talks about that movie currently has seen that movie in the last 10 years. That is correct. <laughs> that is absolutely correct. Okay, so uh, full disclosure, I attempted to watch this one night and was like, I can't fucking do this piece <laughs> of shit right now. And this is the person that sat through all of Mary Shelley's Frankenstein in one go, mm-hmm. cold. Um, I've seen, I saw Space Jam one time when it came out, um, haven't, hadn't seen it since, um, more disclosure. I am a very big Looney Tunes fan. I know lots about Looney Tunes and have seen most of the episodes probably throughout my years. Um, so I, I was happy when they were making this movie cause it was, you know, Looney Tunes shit. And then I, I even remember at the time going to see it and going like, I guess it's okay because we haven't had anything, but man, that was pretty dumb and it they're all CG and bullshitty and they try to make Michael Jordan act. And uh <laughs> Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Um those those opinions have not softened over time. Space Jam is fucking terrible in in <laughs> every possible way. Like I I'm struggling now to think of like anything positive I could say about it. And I'm kind of coming up short. Um, <laughs> did you know that the website still looks like it did in 1996? I, 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 I am aware of that. I, I realized I could download a hot Space Jam screensaver for my copy of Windows 3.1. Yeah. yeah. But uh, then I'd be reminded of Space Jam every time my computer went to sleep. Um, so I'm not going to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's weird because... When Michael Jordan is just being Michael Jordan in the beginning, before they're like, hey, act like a cartoon, he's actually not bad. Like, when he's just being a guy and, like, 
like just talking and and dealing with his fake family stuff, you know, which it, it's a little weird. I mean, I'm sure his family was like, I, we don't want to be in the damn movie, so we got <laughs> movie actors to be your family. But it, it's weird because he's also playing himself. It's it's all a strange gray area. Mm-hmm. But like he's actually decent. Like when I was like, wow, why do people talk about him being so bad? But as soon as like it's he hits the Roger Rabbit Toon Land crossover thing, it's act like a fucking cartoon and bug your eyes poorly and do dumb shit. It's it's just bad. It's it's bad on like every level. No nobody really saves it. Bill Murray shows up to try to make it better. Um that's literally the only thing I remember about Space Yeah, Man. and it's it's mildly funny Bill Murray. You know, yeah, like it's it's cameo Bill Murray. Like I don't, I kind of don't care. It's it's Ghostbusters 2 Bill Murray. Like I kind of don't want to be here. Yeah. But well, yeah. it's also Bill Murray at the tail end of like the Bill Murray went away thing. Like before he showed up in Rushmore, and everyone was like, "Oh yeah, Bill Murray's kind of awesome, isn't he?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was like the tail end of that, where it's just like, "Oh yeah, that guy was in Ghostbusters and on SNL way back when." Yeah, I mean, Danny DeVito's pretty good as the voice of the boss monster guy. You know, but he's Danny DeVito. He's he can play smarmy evil dude pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, actually, you know, okay, I can I can think of one positive thing that I actually kind of liked. Um, the other NBA players I thought were actually way funnier than Michael Jordan. Like the little bits that they give them um, when the evil tunes steal their powers and like watching them just forget how to play basketball is actually kind of funny, especially Charles Barkley going into the park and attempting to take on the kids. And they're like, oh, shit, you're Charles Barkley. And he's like, yeah, yeah, let's play some basketball. And they're just blocking him and stealing the ball from him and shit. It, that, that's my positive for Space Jam. <laughs> Otherwise, it's, it's fucking terrible. Oh, but yeah. Charles Barkley is a funny dude. Yeah, it, it's it's unfortunate because like you know like I think the the most possibly talented person out of it is fucking Muggsy Bogues, which is like, man, that's a name we you might remember. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. for a hot second they were like, yeah, oh, yeah, Muggsy Bogues. He's a good basketball player. He's like five, five six. One. Oh, is he that short? Yes. Okay, I thought he was just he's like shorter than Chuck. A little. Yeah, he's a worse basketball player though. Mm-hmm. Chuck can ball. Oh, I'm a baller. Mm-hmm. But Chuck's going to give it to you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm. It's been what almost we... 20 years. No, mm-hmm. longer. Than, yeah. No, it's it's been, 20 years. 96. Yeah. yeah. About 20 years. And maybe in another 20 years, I'll be like, is Space Jam any good? And I might. I don't know why I'm going to sound that old, but I will. <laughs> be like, I remember Patrick Ewing. Yeah. Um, he, he shot JR, right? Mm-hmm. Um, uh, <laughs> Yeah, but yeah, Man, I, I don't what? know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's a, uh, it's not a good movie. Okay. Yeah. Looney Tunes back in action. That's that's the modern. That's the modern day Looney Tunes movie. You, that's you, Joe you Dante. Want. So it is. Yeah. yeah. Hmm. It's right. not, and it's not perfect either. I'm just saying, like, it's better. It's what Space Jam should have been. Mm-hmm. A, a loving homage to Looney Tunes of old. Well, good thing they're making a Space Jam too with LeBron. Oh, good. Yeah. I'm sure that'll go well. I didn't know that. Now you know. <sighs> Maybe there'll be a pinball table for it. Mm. Hope springs eternal, doesn't it? Uh-huh. So, Chuck. Yeah, I got some movies. You watched a batch of movies. I did. I watched a whole batch of movies. Um, So, I was poking around for some 2016 movies. Uh, stumbled or settled on Keanu, which was on HBO Go. One of the mm-hmm. two 2016 movies available on HBO Go. Okay. Mm. Uh, so I know Harlow, you talked about seeing Keanu. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked it. It's 
it's a very one note joke movie, but there are interesting detours with that joke that continued to make me laugh. Like the movie never tries to be more than this one joke. It's just basically guys have to pretend they're something they're not and they have to keep doing it. And that's it, really. It doesn't really escalate much. It's just they're in a bad situation from the get-go, and they just keep doing it for a stupid reason. Mm-hmm. Uh, but there's just plenty of things along the way that made me laugh. Um, I think the thing I liked most about it is that usually when guys come from a sketch comedy show and then make a movie, the movie feels very sketch comedy. Like, the you know, the Mr. Show movie was kind mm-hmm. of sketches, and like SETV did a movie that was kind of sketchy, and... This didn't have that. This felt like a motion picture, and it was just like, okay, let's just go with this and stick to this premise and not make it too, you know, wink, nudge for the people who watched our show and stuff like that. There's some hidden stuff in there for that, but it's not It's not that. It's not Key and Peele the movie. It's it's a legit motion picture yeah. comedy thing. And, you know, it's funny. It made me laugh. So I enjoyed it. So uh, Then I had a, a mini uh, Christmas movie marathon. Christmas movies. Mostly not Christmas movies, but they actually are. Uh, Movies that take place at Christmas. Sure, that's it. Uh, Every year I watch Die Hard. I chose not to watch Die Hard this year because I've gotten to the point where I think I've found every, like, tiny thing you can make fun of during Die Hard, like a weird extras reaction or anything like that, to the point where it's just like, I feel like I know Die Hard backwards and forwards. I don't need to see it again this year. You've wrung out the sponge. Yes. I, I've Die Harded it to hell. I mean, mm. it's it's been done. So, uh, I remember Die Hard 2 also takes place at Christmas. And I, I remembered that the last time I watched Die Hard 2, I was like, oh no, Die Hard 2 is not good. My childhood is ruined. That Die Hard 2 is bad. So I was like, I need to revisit this. Mm-hmm. And uh, Die Hard 2 is still a problematic movie. It is not a good entry in the Die Hard franchise. Mm. The dialogue is fucking terrible. The dialogue is fucking terrible. Any of you go watch Die Hard 2 now, you will fucking cringe at some of the bullshit being said because it doesn't make any sense. It doesn't make any sense. And this is not the same John McClane. This is Die Hard 5 John McClane. This guy is a fucking dick to everybody. Not just people being a dick to him, but people are trying to help him. The kindly janitor who is helping him this entire movie, at one point he threatens that guy with death. He tells that guy, if he doesn't help him, I will kill you. John McClane is a fucking asshole in this movie. Fuck this guy. Like, we were all riding this wave of like, oh, we love Bruce Willis back then, so Die Hard 2 is fantastic. Now that we know that Bruce Willis is a fucking asshole, you can (laughs) see it in this movie. It's just like, he's an asshole to everybody. And this movie kind of goes too far by, I think, crashing a plane with 300 people on it. I think that's kind of like a you kind of fucked up like mm-hmm. you, you, there's raising the stakes and then there's just fucking cashing in immediately. And then you're like, well, okay. I mean, I know you've got to save a thousand more people, but still 300 people just died. Nah. You know, they, they didn't blow yeah. up. I, it, nah. I, you say that like, I haven't watched dr two in the last couple of years. And I, I have, don't know if you have, um, I believe they actually went out. It, it was one of those cases where they went out of their way to say they crashed the least populated plane. And there was only like, I'm not saying it's any better if you only kill like 40 people, but I'm pretty sure they actually went out of their way to say, we're going to crash the plane that has the least amount of people on it. Didn't they? No, or was it, it, was it was the one with the least amount of fuel. Oh, okay. They were like, give us the one who's lowest on fuel. So right. they'll be willing to do this. Mm-hmm. That plane was full. Cause they oh, okay. showed the entire fuselage of those people mm-hmm. dying. 
Um, maybe, maybe I'm thinking of another movie then. I don't, I don't know. I don't know. I, I just... It, the movie goes for... It was just the, the style of the time. Home Alone 2 is the same way. It's just like, let's do the same thing, but bigger. And there's not a lot of thought put into the stuff. Now, I think the action-y bits in Die Hard 2 are still great. There's a lot of really... But I mean, like... Yeah, snowmobile chase. Yeah. It, there's a lot of really good stuff in it. But I, I swear, I was sitting there and like they're having this this karate fight on the wing of an airplane and i just turned to my wife and was like this movie's real fucking stupid <laughs> this movie is really fucking stupid i i don't dislike it i just don't think it, i used to think it was fantastic and it's not um it's just john mcclain's a dick in this i i don't like him he's better in three because he's so washed out oh three's fantastic i, I know i agree it, the order three is, is a better movie yeah it, yeah. Goes, it goes one three two four and then i don't even count five Five's so shitty. You're pretty close, um, but yeah, there's stuff to like in Die Hard too. But it's it's just it's mean. It's mean spirited for reasons it doesn't have to be. Mm. So then, obviously, I said, "Hey, let's watch Gremlins because it takes place at Christmas, and I love Gremlins." So, watch Gremlins again. The movie's fantastic. It's dark as fuck. It is. Um, I'm I'm still aghast at my reaction to it when I was a kid, laughing at the violence, just thinking this is a funny cartoon, and now just thinking this is the most horrific thing I've ever seen. Like just for a PG Christmassy time movie mm-hmm. is fucking horrific. A lot of people get murdered early. On. I mean, the scene with the cops when they're out on the street and they see Mrs. Deagle and then like Santa comes up to them and is just covered in gremlins and yep. just like that whole sequence is just fucking terrifying. Like as an adult, just looking at it like this is the this is the nightmare scenario. This is the end of times. This is the mm-hmm. worst. I, I will say, though, this is the first time it struck me at the end of the movie where I was like, hey. This family murdered the town. The town is dead because of them. And they're just like, oh, oh well, <laughs> there's no comeuppance for these people. Their negligence has murdered this entire town. And they're just like, oh, this man yeah, came but, to take the, the, the creature the old, we can't yeah, handle away. Yeah, the old Chinese man made them feel bad because yeah. they broke the rules. Yes. He comes back and he says, hi And they go, oh. And then he takes the thing away. But yeah. no, Gizmo says, bye, Billy. There's... There's no comeuppance for that family. That family needed to go to court and be <laughs> need needed to be some come up. Now I'm not docking it. For no, that, that, but, that mom. Oh, the mom is mom a, gets a pass. Mom's a hero. Yeah. Mom want had nothing to do with this. Hoyt Axton stole that thing from mm-hmm. he shouldn't have taken it. And then Billy doesn't have that thing 12 hours before they spill water on it. Nope. <laughs> well, that's Corey Feldman's fault. Sure. I know. But still a lot when of things. When in doubt, Feldman's fault. blame yes. Corey Feldman. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, Gremlins is still fantastic. Yeah. I, I'm just trying to think, like, what other puppet work is better than that? Is there any aside from maybe Yoda? Not that I can think of. And like, even watching it now, there are times where I'm like, okay, I can see the animatronics, but it still looks like a living thing. Mm-hmm. It's a little jerky at times, and sometimes you can tell when they swap out the one that only makes the pouty face, and then the yeah. one, you know. Oh yeah. But man, it's it's great. It the effects work in that is so good. Um. So if you count it, Jabba, I mean, I'd say Jabba is better than Yoda. Mm, I mean, puppet's pretty puppet, good. Yeah. Puppet puppet, wise. Yeah. Puppet's not character wise. No, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so then I was like, you know, a bunch of people on Twitter are debating this movie love actually for whatever mm. reason. And I wasn't watching it trying to like discern what people hate about it because there is a group of people that fucking hates love actually. Oh, yeah. They're haters. I don't get it. 
Like I want that is a perfectly lovely movie to me that that is probably the most British movie I've ever seen because everyone in that movie is just kind of like, oh, love, I don't know what to do about it. Eh." But, you know, I mean, that's that's the UK. Everyone doesn't want to bother anybody else and they all just stay in their own little bubble. It's weird, but it's accurate. It's accurate as fuck. And everyone just acts like that movie is like full of stalkers. And it's not. There's no stalking behavior going on in this movie. There. Well, I don't know. Rick Grimes is a little stalkery. No, even that. I, as that was happening, I was like, oh, this might be it. And I was just like, no, this isn't stalkery either. This is everyone does this. I did this in high school. You know, y- your best friend dates a girl and you're the one who really likes her. And, you know, you think about it a lot. It's, there's nothing. There's no Fifty Shades of Grey bullshit happening here. I mean, this no, but it's there's still some light stalkering happening on that. Barely. Front. He's barely but i don't know just whatever i i'm still waiting for someone to give me an actual complaint about this movie that that's legit that i can debate them a with complaint actually yes yes <laughs> i don't know the movie's charming as fuck i like it so uh then i went back and i was like i need to prepare for uh this uh, year's hold, wait, hold on a second for oh. you 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 just you you were right into one of my favorite things ever christmas movie wise <laughs> okay. i just have to have a few seconds. sure yeah go ahead um I, I just say you're you're not a human if you're not affected by the uh, um, Liam Neeson kid bit at the end. Yes, that's the moment that got me. Oh yeah, like when the kid you're comes not, out. You're not human if, yeah. if that doesn't get you. When that kid wins and celebrates and does the Titanic thing, even mm-hmm. though I don't give a fuck about Titanic, I was all on board for Game of Thrones kid. I was just like, yeah, yep. hell yeah, this kid fucking owns. You're the best. Yep. You did a thing and it worked out for you. Liam Neeson helped you, and Liam Neeson didn't have to kill anybody for you. Well, he didn't die. He, he taught him things and didn't die. I know. Yeah. yeah, I know. I just, I love the switch that movie takes with those two characters where Liam Neeson is just depressed and sad the whole time and is scared to death to talk to the kid. And the kid's like, yeah, I'm sad about my mom being dead, but I'm in love. And, and immediately, like, Liam Neeson is never sad again. Mm-hmm. He's just, like, totally on board with this kid. Like, we're going to get you this girl. Yeah, we're he's, gonna, got a, he's got a purpose. Yeah. Man. So, I like that. I, I Movie's mm-hmm. great. Yep. That that was the bit. Like when that hit, I was like, okay, yeah, fuck everything. This movie. <laughs> so, um, then so yeah, I was preparing for another 2016 movie, and I went back and rewatched uh, the first two of the current X Men trilogy, First Class and Days of Future Past. Talked about them on the show before, but I just want to reiterate: First Class is fucking fantastic. Magneto hunting Nazis is the best. I can mm-hmm. watch eight movies of that. It's great. Every First Class falters a little bit when it, the whole Cuba thing, but other than that, it's fantastic. Mm-hmm. Days of Future Past is a little less so than that. It's just the the quality just isn't there because it it's no longer Matthew Vaughn. <laughs> yes, it's no longer Matthew Vaughn and it's no longer origin story. It's it's a re it's a weird crossbreeding of both mm-hmm. universes that kind of works in a little ways doesn't, but I still really like it. So that led to watching X-Men Apocalypse. Hey, I watched that. Yeah. That's the third one. Yeah. That's <laughs> that's a big, dumb, goofy movie. Yeah. That has no apologies for being a big, dumb, goofy movie. No. I liked it. I liked it a lot. It it feels like the superhero movies we kind of stopped making once Marvel showed up and was like, all right, everything has to have a reason for everything and everything needs an explanation and you can't, you know, like everything has to be tied together in a way that makes sense and all this. And this one's just like, eh. What if we do this? They're going to follow him because it's cool. You know, they're going to we're just we're going to do slow motion stuff because it's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 worth it for the Quicksilver scene again. Yep. I'll say it just like Days of Future Past. It's like, yeah, 
let's watch that Quicksilver scene again. Uh-huh. Even though, you know, obviously it's so CG'd, but who cares? It's great. Because it's probably one of the more comic booky things that's in a movie as far as like it actually at points makes it look like comic book frames mm-hmm. and how a comic would progress that sequence. Yeah. Which I thought was a pretty cool way of doing it. It's really smart. It, it takes a certain pattern of thinking to be able to map that out and do it and do it twice. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It, it, it's, but, it's well done. But it's very much like, all right, people are shooting lasers at each other and they're pushing back again. You know, it's just like the dumb shit that they just don't do anymore. Yeah. But I was totally fine with it. The The only two things I have a problem with is mm-hmm. that it felt to me like the first act and the second act were just so leisurely paced. It was just like, hey, let's let's tell the story of all these characters. Let's, you know, let's set everything up. And then they had like 10 minutes left for the third act. And they were just like, go, go, go. Apocalypse mm-hmm. time. Let's go. And it was like, OK, yeah, they're doing all the things and the movie's over. OK, mm-hmm. well, that was <laughs> that was a rush. Uh, <laughs> yeah. The other thing is that uh, I don't know if. Michael Fassbender is kind of sick of his role, but it seemed like in the last third of this movie, he was, I mean, I realize the character has become sort of morose and, mm-hmm. and melancholy, but it just seemed like he just fucked off to his own little magnetic bubble at the end and was just not part of any, just of hanging the there on for a while. set and not interacting with anybody mm-hmm. or doing anything. It just kind of felt like he had to be filming Assassin's Creed at the time. I guess it just, it it felt like he wasn't there for a lot of it and he needed to be because he seemed very important to what was happening. And it's it that then made him feel like a lackey. Like Mm -hmm. he wasn't as important as even some of the secondary characters. And that felt dumb. Yeah. But, and also cutting the mall scene was dumb. Yeah. Dumb. Oh yeah. Dumb. That that is the biggest flaw in this movie. What, what mall scene? There's, there's, it made the rounds when the movie was out and it's on the Blu-ray. Yeah. Uh, of an entire sequence. They, they talk about going to the mall. Yeah. They set up the scene and they come back from the scene yeah. later in the movie. But it's this montage of at the mall. Them X-Men. going to an 80s mall, looking at like Dazzler records and going to an arcade yeah. and shopping for shoes. And I think part of that is included when they talk about coming out of Return of the Jedi. Yeah. In the theater. You know, like, but they had this whole fun 80s montage of it because like people that read the X-Men comics from the eighties. Like there are a lot of downtime issues where they go to the mall or they play baseball or just do like normal people stuff. Yeah. And it isn't all angsty. Oh no, life sucks. Cause I'm a mutant. All that. Like, like it, they need it. It felt like they needed that stuff somewhere. And there was a perfect time for it in there because it's before all the shit goes down. Yeah. And like basically kicks into the third act. Well, and there's some, I think there's some, some important character building like normalization going on there because they're yeah. all at the mall and no one is freaking out about them. Yeah. Because 80s malls were filled with freaks. Yeah. 80s freaks. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And I, they also have like a ball on a stick and it says like, oh yeah. That crawler dances. <laughs> dances on his yeah. tail. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's one non effect shot still in there that's yeah. just like, ah, this is horrifying. Yep. Um, but yeah, they should never have cut that scene. Yeah. it's it's really good that mm-hmm. that's the biggest flaw with x-men apocalypse is they cut that mall scene that mall mm-hmm. scene to it's set to safety dance and it's just it's just 80s as I fuck must seek this out now yeah yeah it's 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 a great scene yeah. and it's exactly it, it is the thing that i wanted out of an x-men movie like mm-hmm. that and i hope when they do new mutants they have something like that in it still and it's not all yeah angsty action stuff is that their next plan like they're yes. putting back shelving x-men for a little bit or something or 
I think they're just trying to expand everything. But okay, yeah, yeah. Like what new mutants are they like incorporating? Deadpool new mutants? Like because no, no, no. Oh. Like, like the way back, like the original eighties oh, oh, okay. ones, like yeah. Cannonball and Magic and Mirage and all them. Yeah, okay, okay. All the yeah. ones that people like me know and nobody else does. But yeah. well, they probably hoping for a Guardians thing. It's like, hey, you don't really know these characters, but they're yeah, fun, but right? They're awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, but apparently they're doing the Demon Bear storyline, which it feels kind of weird for them to just go right off the bat with the best one. But I guess kind of if you're kind of establishing things, you go with that. I don't well, know if it's if you make it one movie, you might as well make it the story mm-hmm. that everybody wants. I guess. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but hey, I, I guess the only thing I the, the only problem I have with Apocalypse at this point, being someone who you know loves the X Men stuff, is it's kind of like they force themselves to become beholden to this like complicated continuity that they've got now where it's like okay well you know certain people have to be certain ages at this time and you know they've all they've already screwed that up where it's like all right uh havoc's back from you know remember when he was around 21 years ago doing this stuff and he he just his hair got long yeah and that's it yeah you know and same with hank mccoy they're like yeah he's he's, he looks like he's aged a couple years it's like no that was like two decades ago guys Mm -hmm. like they should be old now. Even even Rose Byrne barely looks aged at all. Yeah, you know it's it's, it's just it's like well that's why I think what I said when I saw it, it was like she seemed like the only one they even remotely tried. Yeah. And I think like they put like a little bit of gray streak. Yeah, in, just in, a mm-hmm. touch. Like they and maybe put like a little bit of makeup on for, mm-hmm. but not enough to to indicate that twenty one years have gone by. Yeah. So and, and I also I just I hope Jennifer Lawrence doesn't come back. This was the first one I didn't like her in. Like, yeah. I thought she was fine in the first two. This one was just like, I don't think she cares. Like, oh, she clearly d- didn't. But yeah. I mean, it just seemed clearly above all of it at yeah, this point. And but it it's, felt like it. Yeah. I, she I just, just didn't seem on board with this at all. I'm just not really a fan of her in general. And I think that that doesn't help either. But yeah, yeah th- this one, she's just, I don't know. It, it just, she. I liked her in the first two. Yeah. yeah so I especially liked her in first class. Yeah. yeah, but this one, if yeah, first class, she actually seems like she's trying. Yeah. But the the this one, she almost her character almost feels shoehorned in, really. Yeah, but well, I but mean, still, the, it's, good, the good thing about Mystique is they could just recast her if they want to keep that character, mm-hmm. and you're like, I look like yeah. this now. Yeah, yeah, because it's not what she looks that like. That is anyway. true, but but I I just I enjoyed it because it was big and dumb and goofy, and it was in no way ironic. It was just willing to be big, dumb, and goofy, mm-hmm. which. I'm still, I'm totally on board with and fine with. So, yeah. So, I guess that leads into a giant motion picture. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be uh, Rogue One, a Star Wars story. Mm-hmm. A tale of Star Wars. Yeah. <laughs> Though, like, it, it's it feels almost disingenuous to call it that because yeah. this is episode 3.5 or 3.9 or whatever you want to be. But, I mean, like, this is... This is episode four minus point one. Yeah, this is like it's not. It's let's not well, you, settle it. You with know the, what I mean? It's like it's so integral to the main original trilogy. Like, like yeah, yeah. It, it's mean, not a side story in any way. Yeah, it I, is directly in the center of everything that's happening. It's more like okay, yeah, but it's not like the grand. Sorry, to, yeah. It, it's not like the grand story. It's it's the the supporting act to the grand story, you but know. Still, it's, when they when they tease these side project Star Wars things, I think everyone was like, 
cool. All new, like, we'll find a new bounty hunter, mm-hmm. we'll, you know, or we'll find, like, a C-tier bounty hunter and learn more about their life. Yeah. You know, like, really super ancillary stories. And this one is, like, it's the Rosencrantz and Guildenstern of Star Wars. Like, this is all happening simultaneous, and major people will pop up as side characters, mm-hmm. you know, from the from episode four. Yeah. It, it's just, I mean, it's, it's just... Yeah, I, I, I know you can't review a movie based on what you were expecting versus what you got. You need to try and like view it as what you got, but it seemed weird to, it just seemed like it was not billed as like this closely tied into everything when it, when it was first announced, I thought it was going to be like, all right, we're going to tell their story. And then this, and it also like succeeds in making the actual death star run in episode four seem like, eh, this little piddly thing. We already had the big main battle. Because that, does it though? They go fucking nuts at the end of this movie. They do. They go fucking but, huge. Uh, but yes, they do. But that I don't think that diminishes at all the way that that Death Star trench run feels. Because that yeah, feel, yeah, that, I mean, is, that is that still, is a really intense it just, feeling. It and, makes it feel like a small scale thing, which you know that movie needs it because it's focused on Luke, obviously, yeah. but. You know, whereas this one's focused on a team of people, but it's still, it just feels like this is the most massive offensive ever in the history of the series. Like even the Death Star 2 in Return of the Jedi feels small compared to what they're doing in this one. Yeah. Well, also, so they, they had to take a huge risk Mm -hmm. to make, to pull this off. And then after taking a huge risk and taking huge losses, they have to take another huge risk mm-hmm. to pull the other thing off. So it feels like the it, if you carry the line of story from that to that, it's like the the rebellion is on the on the verge of collapse. Mm-hmm. The empire is on the verge of winning. Mm-hmm. They're running out of supplies and hope and. Yeah. So, okay. Yeah, I mean, I feel like it carries a theme fairly well. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, I don't feel like it diminishes the 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 trench run. That's. Mm-hmm. I mean that that still had to be a miraculous thing. It wasn't just yeah. like anybody right. can fly here and shoot this. It right. took the fucking force and mm-hmm. the return of the force, if you will, because yeah. it basically been killed. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I yeah. Yeah. I I, I get I get what you're saying because. It's it's the it's the entire prequel problem to the original is like how come everything is bigger and crazier and flashier and mm-hmm. all the tech better and we know the answer it's because it was made twenty years later and yeah, all right. the better special effects yeah you know it doesn't it doesn't answer the retcon canon story yeah. you know it's like okay you know you 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 can make arguments that okay everything looks shitty because the empire had all but one and there was no more supplies. And that's why everything mm-hmm. looked dirty and broken. Yeah. And there was only like 20 ships in the entire Death Star one attack. Yeah. Well, I, I, I guess my point that I'm kind of roundabout getting towards mm-hmm. is tonally. This feels very different from any of the other movies, yes. which I think is the biggest part of it in that, like the rebellion isn't like the clear good guys, type thing they're like yeah we're willing to do some bad shit to to prevent 
badder shit kind of, you know, it, it's like they, they feel very, it's almost like early on they're presented as like these trigger happy gorilla warriors kind of, which I mean, yes, that's probably what they had to be. If you look at the whole series realistically, you know, because they're up against this vastly superior or at least vastly better armed opponent. Yeah. So it, it comes off as that. And it's interesting to me also that like the Imperials come off as like more of the bureaucracy than they ever did in the first ones. Cause you basically, I like, I love that uh, Ben Mendelssohn's character. Um, Rennick. Yeah. Rennick. Zodiac motherfucker was the one who pointed it out on Twitter, but he's like, that dude's everyone who's ever been in middle management. And yep. he's exactly right. Because anything that goes wrong is like, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you so stupid? What is wrong with you? And the second anything goes right, the boss is like, yeah, thanks. I'm going to take all the credit for that now. Yep. And he's like, yeah, well, you're going to tell the emperor that I uh, made that happen, right? And he's like, oh, I'll think about it. <laughs> and no. And it's like, God, it like, it's just, I appreciated that more than I thought I would once I looked at it through that lens. Mm-hmm. It was like, yeah, that guy kind of got fucked over. So I get why he was so furious with everyone all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, like, he was interesting. Like it, it felt weird to have uh, one of our main characters basically murder someone in cold blood in his establishing scene. Mm-hmm. And he's supposed to be one of the heroes. Yeah. And it's basically like, it's not like a Greedo situation either. It's like, nah, that guy was slowing me down. So fuck him. He's dead. You know? And it's, I know that they need that to present that he's willing to do some of the stuff that, they task him with later, but I felt like there are better ways to handle that sort of thing than how they did it. Like, like that part bothered me. Cause I was like, okay, like, so this is one of our good guys, right? <laughs> and not all, know. not all good guys are good guys. I know. You know? Yeah. Um, I kind of, I kind of liked that because it's, it does drive home, the point of kind of the point of who he is. Yeah. Um, it's, it's probably not strictly necessary for the character, mm-hmm. but it, it, yeah, it I, helps, I, you know, it, it, it helps get across what's, what's going on mm-hmm. with him and where he stands. Yeah. Uh, one overall, just, I, I don't know if it's insider, just theory I have. Um, we began the Marvel cinematic universe pre Disney, correct? Like the the Iron Man, Thor, like most of the first ones came out before the, the full on Disney acquisition, did, didn't they? Did yeah. They not. Yep. Okay. Yeah, Paramount put out. Yeah. The first couple. So, the, the strangest thing I'm noticing is the trend in Marvel movies, and you know, unfortunately, I think Star Wars movies are going to be kind of similar. Is I feel like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, if it started today, wouldn't work because the thing that they got right in those early movies without. Disney's influence is character development, like individual character development. Mm-hmm. And now it's all like, how many motherfuckers can we get in one movie? It doesn't matter. And it's fine because we've already established everything there is to know about these characters through the previous mm-hmm. smaller movies. And now every movie is like, how many, how many other people are they part of this universe? Bring them in. Like, yeah. you know, it's that kind of that X-Men later franchise thing, like mm-hmm. X-Men three problem. It's just like, who the fuck are these people? Like, are these even actually yeah. X-Men from the comics? Cause if, I don't know, you know, like mm-hmm. there's just like, let's throw so many dudes here. And that's, that's kind of what I feel like was a little bit of the problem with this is like, I, I mean, I've got the basic gist of who Jen Urso is, but like, 
I don't feel like I know her at all. Mm-hmm. Like I've got backstory, but like I think the the thing that saved um, Force Awakens is honestly I think J.J. Abrams is good at at ensemble directing. Yeah, I think if, if there's one giving thing, everyone time to shine. Yeah, I think I think that's one thing you can say about him. You know, maybe his stories don't last, but like I I understand. We're, you know, like you know most of the characters in Lost after episode one, mm-hmm. and I know he didn't like fully run the show, whatever thing. Yeah. But like after episode one, you you know the basic information you need to know after an hour of the first episode of Lost. Mm-hmm. And Star Trek had the benefit of, yeah, you know these characters. Yeah. You didn't have to do much. But like Force Awakens, he mainly focused on um, you know Finn and Ray, and I feel like I know them pretty well. Like I'm mm-hmm. I'm willing to go on their adventure. Like. I think that's the biggest disconnect with this. It's just like Jen's cool because she looks cool and she's doing kind of cool actions. I don't feel like I know her. And and even more so, like I honestly can't even remember dude guy's name. I mean, like that's how little he registered to me. Uh, it starts with the C. I could remember it until you said that Is you couldn't. Cassian? Yeah, Cassian. Okay. Uh, counterpoint. We don't need to know these characters. Like we're so, moving on to, you know, to a new hope after this. Like their story, their their part of the story is characters are movie. Like plot isn't movie. Yeah, yeah. that's. I mean, I don't know. That's screenwriting one hundred and one. I mean, what happens is not is inconsequential. It's the characters that make a movie. I, I and I feel like I mean that's that's what everyone complains about Hollywood movies now. Is it's just like I am guy guy in peril must save girl. Hooray! And movie's mm-hmm. over. And it's like who the fuck were you and why did I care? I mean, so. The reason that I counterpointed with that is yeah. that you you bring up like Lost in the first episode. We're going to be with those characters for 689 more episodes. For uh, Finn and Ray, we're mm-hmm. going to be with them for probably two more movies. Mm-hmm. Um, these they're they're not going to be with us anymore. So I I don't feel like we need to know more about them than the plot requires. But like I kind of makes you not care about the end. I didn't really care. Okay. I that's mean fair. that's that's sad. I mean I I didn't dislike the movie. I, I'm not I'm not coming from that standpoint at all. I just mm-hmm. like I that's what I was feeling was the 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 weakest point of the movie is like other than some of their actions, I don't know that I cared about any of the characters. I cared about Donnie Yen's character because he was cool and yeah, you know, as an ancillary character, you know, you you kind of mm-hmm. got all you needed out of him. He, yeah. he was the guy, like, yeah, I he, like was, well, and he was one of the dudes keeping the, the, the faith of the Force alive in, in the time of its darkest moments, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah, well, and they, you know, and basically he him having a relationship with Baze, the other guy, is kind of like, you know, but people have figured out at this point that they were a couple together, but, you know, that's very slightly shown in the movie. You know, that's not painted out at all, especially, you know, like, everyone likes Donnie Yen's character cheer it because you know, he does, he has that awesome scene where he beats the hell out of a bunch of dudes, even though he's blind, which, you know, is, you know, the Zatoichi thing, basically, but they don't establish his buddy at all. You know, Mm -hmm. well, I guess his husband or whatever you want to call it, you know, they don't establish much about him other than he's basically got a machine gun and he can aim really well all the time. But, you know, I, I get where you're coming from there. That yeah, there's, I mean, there's there's, a, there's so much more implied that they don't really get into at all. Yeah. Like like the you know the scene where they're where basically where Jin confronts Cashin on the ship, and they ba- and he you know she 
basically starts telling him off and then he eventually tells her off and they imply a whole bunch of backstory for both of them that they never really touch on again, especially with him. Yeah. I just, I just felt like they, they wrote the two main characters like side characters. And I, I understand in the grand scheme of things, they totally are, but in a, in a two hour, 15 minute movie, I need more personality mm-hmm. like K2SO and, and yeah. Donnie Yen's character in their brief like the, they almost didn't need character traits like their character their character traits just shown through in their dialogue and their actions and mm-hmm. that that was all you needed and, and these other two are like one note like got to save dad must save rebellion even if it means doing bad things mm-hmm. got to save dad must save rebellion even if it means doing bad things it was like yeah i got it great like you got anything else <laughs> like yeah. crack a joke like show a human motion something yeah and, and i mean it sounds like we're complaining about this but yeah, it, to me this movie hit me a lot like the first marvel avengers did where it was like i was pretty much on board i was a little iffy going through it and then you get to like that last hour last 45 minutes and it's like yeah this is kind of everything i always wanted and didn't realize until now here it is on screen and i'm yeah. like yes yes everything that's happening yes why wings motherfuckers why <laughs> wings lots of why wings <laughs> Lots of U wings. Yeah, I was gonna say X wings. Fuck, fuck that! Give me the U wings. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I want to read that fan figure where they went. Yeah, but did you say the E wings or the U wings? The E wings. E wings. Okay. Mm-hmm. But I, I think the best trait of that movie is scale. Is is you know the guy? This is the guy who did the 2014 Godzilla, which obviously he understood scale mm-hmm. in that movie too. And I haven't seen monsters, but my understanding is it's kind of the same thing where it's like. He understands when you show something from ground level that attaches you to it more and allows you to understand it, the scope of it so much better than, you know, your your crane shot or whatever, you know, that's not from a mm-hmm. ground level point of view. You know, that's I said that's the best thing this does better than Force Awakens is when they fire something on a planet to destroy it, they stay on the planet and they show how fucked up that planet gets as opposed to just this shot from space where it goes, oh, the planet blew up. Yeah. You know, like, I cared a shit ton more when it happened in this one than when Force Awakens, they destroy, what, three, four, yeah, five it like, planets? It was like six or seven planets. At, its, yeah. at the same time, yeah. and it's like, uh, well, that sucked. You know, but we there's no connection to it. There's no establishment of any of it. And, you know, it's the same way with the AT-ATs in, mm-hmm. in this one. You know, when they come stomping through the jungle, you're like... Oh fuck! You <laughs> yeah, know, yeah. whereas kind of you know when you have the snow speeders going at them on Hoth, they don't seem as massive as they are. Well, they also do the smart. I mean, I, I feel like we're getting spoiler territory. Yeah. They, they, they do that smart thing where guy f- fires a big gun at it. It, it almost if it was a dog, it would have just gone nothing. Yeah. Like that was yeah. nothing. I think yeah. that's in the trailer. Too. It's yeah. in the trailer. Okay. Yeah. okay, I didn't really see them. So yeah, but um, I, I think that's a more apt comparison to uh, talk about the Godzilla 2014 Godzilla mm-hmm. movie. I could tell you fuck all about Aaron Johnson and, and Kate, uh, whatever. Olsen Scarlet Witch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Quicksilver and Elizabeth Scarlet Olsen, Witch. Yeah. I, yeah. Elizabeth Olsen. I couldn't remember her first name. Um, I, I, nothing about them. And like, I remember more about Brian Cranston and Ken Watanabe in their tiny roles mm-hmm. in that fucking movie than the two main characters. Yeah. So it's a very similar thing. It's like, they're more interesting to me than the main characters. And the main characters are just like, we have thing to do. Go. Like that to me, that's that's usually a, a bad way to go about a movie if I can't even remember the names or actions of your main characters. <laughs> yeah, but like I said, I mean, it looked good. You know, 
for the most part. And I, Do, should we? There is one thing that does not look good, and that's CG Peter Cushing. Yeah, yeah. The the it's not there yet, Mm-mm. and they should not have done it that way if it's not there yet. And he shows up multiple times. The yeah. first one somehow being the one that looks the worst as far as herky jerkiness and artificiality. Cause the other scenes, they basically have him standing still in one place and it works a lot better. Sure. But the first scene where they introduce him, they have him walking around a character and, it, and doing stuff. And like looks, the very first time he moves, it looks video gamey. It looks yeah. like really good video game, but, but not, but when but you're not, standing next to a real person, exactly. you go, Nope, that's CG bullshit. It should have been just like, the back of a head staring out a window. And you know what? They didn't even have to have him in it. He, no. This dude, they've acted like the Empire has so many layers of management that he could have been reporting to anybody. Yeah. Hell, they could have had him report to Darth Vader if they want Darth Vader in the movie that much. Mm-hmm. You know? That's easier to do. Yep. Guy in a suit. James Earl yeah. Jones still alive. Yeah. Yeah, although... Because that would have actually been an even funnier layer is if instead of like the middle management thing where Tarkin was like, I'm in charge now, like Vader had done the I'm in charge now, and then ultimately, you know, later on, Tarkin went, I'm in charge now. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, th- there was obvious like, you know, Tarkin had sway over Vader in yeah. episode four, you know, yeah. mm-hmm. he was in charge of the Death Star. And so, like I said, it'd be funnier if like, guy was like... Oh, good job! I'm in charge now that it's going mm-hmm. right, and then it happened. You know, it happened again to him yeah. later. No. Plus, it also means you don't have to have a CGI character of a guy that's been dead for many years, twenty-two years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. which is a little weird. <laughs> and I—that's another thing. Is like, yeah, it makes you wonder about rights. Yeah, morally, like I'm actually sitting there watching this. the movie, like going, "What's the, what's the morality on this? Like, yeah. am I? Is this okay?" Like that's these are things that shouldn't enter in your mind when you're you're escaping to a fantasy world, and and it's my own dumb mind that started yeah. thinking it. No, I minded the exact same thing. <laughs> yeah, so. also your fault. Yeah, um, I couldn't stop thinking about how bad it looked, and that was the movie's fault. Um, mm-hmm. I also didn't think Vader looked all that good. Um, <laughs> like when he just kind of like jauntily strolls into, you know. Yeah, his big scene in the end, it was like it looked like fucking cosplay. It, his big scene at at the end, I I liked. Um, the scene in the middle of the movie, I was like, oh, well, there's old, just some dude mm-hmm. in a suit Vader. And also, I, I don't know what the deal is with the way they modulated James Earl Jones's voice. What they did to it, it did not sound right. Mm-hmm. Um, well, like, he's also 85 years old now, so who knows? <laughs> yeah, well, there's probably 100 people that can mm-hmm. do a, you know, a fairly reasonable Darth yeah, Vader. Get Chad Vader on the line. Yeah, exactly. Um, <laughs> Sir, Sir Lord Darth Vader? <laughs> but <laughs> oh, that's Jeff Vader. Sorry, oh. the other of the Vader brothers, mm-hmm. Jeff Vader. Um, but I gotta say, like the first scene where they introduce him and they have that shadow on the wall is so fucking awesome. Yeah, looking some of the stuff they the, the stuff they do with them, I think, is good. But yeah, and I didn't even realize what planet that was that they were on until Gary Witta talked about it on Twitter, and I was like, oh yeah, oh I didn't even fucking put that together, you know, but. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't remember the name of the planet, but I was mm-hmm. like, "Oh yeah, cool. That's mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. that looks right. That also looks like who would ever build anything that looks like that?" But um, I guess Jeff. Well, apparently, would. that had been in the concept art yeah. for like three I, movies. I was going to say Ralph McQuarrie. Apparently, and they finally oh, got really? to use it. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. They, they it had 
it had been in concept art a lot of times and they kept yeah, trying like, to make it work. I think he drew and it. This is the first time. In like one of the early drafts of Star Wars, they were supposed to go to Vader's castle. Mm-hmm. And then it was like they were going to put it in Empire. And then they were like, no, that doesn't make any sense. And, and then like, I think that again, there was talk of it somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Like, like finding it, I think, in like episode three and not yeah. and him just like, oh, that's a cool place. You know, mm-hmm. like something stupid that it would have been stupid in, in episode three. Yeah. And then there's, yeah. In and, three. and Gary Witta. Who he was one of the lead writers on it. I guess he was one of the the two story writers. You know, then eventually other people finished the screenplay. But he he talked about a lot of why it was set there and the motivations for it, which I thought was really. It's where Vader was born. Yeah, yeah, it was it was very cool. But yeah, I mean, there's a lot of stuff like that on the periphery that like hints at so much more going on, which I like. Yeah, quite a bit. It it fleshes it just, out like I, there are two things that I that I specifically wanted to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, one is the music, which we'll, we'll touch on later, and mm-hmm. the other is the look of it, which I think sort of will dovetail into yeah. um, like the fact that it fleshes out a lot of what's going on in between the last, when last we saw these characters Mm -hmm. and when next we'll see these, you know, not these characters, but these wars and stars. Um, But it, not that we really needed any cleaning up of, you know, of what happened before a new hope, but we know how big of a deal it was to get those plans and Mm -hmm. how like, I really like knowing how much, you know, how big of a stake it was and how, yeah. like, it puts some weight, I feel, behind those Death Star plans instead of, like, oh, yeah, they're just, we just got these instead Death Star Instead of people thinking plans. they were a MacGuffin almost. Even right. If that's not technically what a MacGuffin is. But, right. You know. Instead of it just being a, you know, a trinket or a tchotchke, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, no, there's, there's, there's some real shit that happened to, mm-hmm. to get these. Like, it wasn't just a, you know... Oh, we got a lucky, you know, a lucky spy snagged them for us and yeah. all that. Um, but the look of this movie in general, I thought, like, for one, a bunch, <laughs> a bunch of these guys look like '70s porn actors, like all of the other extras from A New Hope. Uh, kind of looked like they had, you know, mustaches and kind of what would now be considered hipstery hair, but. Um, a lot of the people looked like a lot of the extras from, and some of the, you know, main dudes from A New Hope, which I liked. It mm-hmm. looked like they cast yeah. from the same era. And it also feels like there is a bridging of the look between the pristine CGI, crisp, perfect prequels to mm-hmm. the gritty, you know, scrappy rebellion space battles that have been going on forever of uh, A New Hope and, mm-hmm. and Jedi and Empire. So it's it's like a neat... For me, it feels like it sort of softens the blow coming off of um, coming off of the prequels. Like, yeah. you can actually see a feeling of transition from where it goes from everything is fine except for a whole bunch of, you know, wars, mm-hmm. um, but everything looks brand new to... Everything shitty. To everything shitty, like, you know, yeah. like we like our Star Wars, where mm-hmm. all the technology looks like it's got dirt on it. Yeah. Um, so I really, like, I really like that, and I felt like 
I don't know if that was an intentional touch, but I hope it was, mm-hmm. and I think it was, because yeah. um, it just is. I feel like it's too important to do that for it to, you know, to be an accident. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the music is weird. Um, it is like, <sighs> yeah, Giacchino. It's weird that he apes so many of John Williams' themes, but doesn't complete them when they show up. He'll play the first bar of it and then change it to something else. That happens a bunch of times. And even when the theme, even when it's lifted directly, even when it's like a, you know, uh, four or five bars of Star Wars theme, they feel uninspired. Like, Mm -hmm. it feels like they recorded with half an orchestra instead of like a full John Williams, like 75 horns and... Well, you know, and, 40 of them are French. And the hallmark of the series was that it basically brought back light motive where everyone has their own theme. Yeah. And, you know, it might not always play when they're on screen or anything, but each character, you know, Yoda has a theme, Luke mm-hmm. has a theme, Leia has a theme. All Everyone has a theme and you remember those themes. Whereas, you know, and obviously Imperial March being the most recognizable out of right. all of them. But I couldn't tell you if anyone in this movie had a theme. I think no, Jin Vader... might have, and Galen might have, but I don't think they did. You know, uh, I, or, and Vader had did... his theme, but that's about yeah, that's about it that I can remember. Now, I mean, also we've all watched, you know, we've all watched the original trilogy like mm-hmm. a million times. Yep. Uh, and most of us have only seen this once in theater. So yeah, I was going to say, I, I generally barely remember the music unless it's super highly memorable music the first time. Well, yeah, I, I, mean, just, like, I like, just don't notice. I got to say Ray's theme. I know that that one immediately because yeah. that's a phenomenal theme, it is. you know, but I, I yeah, that that's uh, the music's a little off. It's I just weird. I mean, yeah. we've we've had 95 Star Wars Mm-hmm. with John Williams at the helm and to hear not John Williams, but somebody who is obviously heavily cribbing from John Williams. Well, I, just I, a little bit strange. I just don't know why they didn't go back and get like the, the guy that was like Williams's understudy doing like he's the, the video games and um, what, did, Clint Biakian? Was he? Like, I think so. Uh, I, I just know he's like the one that did like that. They did a whole soundtrack for uh, um fuck is the one they made the N64 game off of? Shadows of the Empire. Shadows of the Empire. He did a whole soundtrack for that, and it was never mm-hmm. a thing. Mm-hmm. It was like, there, there's an entire soundtrack for that book. And, yeah. You know, yeah, I, yeah. I don't know. I mean, that was that was pretty decent Williams ripping. Yeah. But uh, my whole thing watching that is trying to figure out when the studio tinkered and made them reshoot. Yeah. And I suspect that last five minutes or so was all that. Because that last five minutes is really odd. Mm-hmm. Like in that it's it's like, all right, here's the thing and the thing and the thing and the thing and then circle wipe and we're out. It was like it's felt so abrupt that I was like, wait, wh- what? Like, like the way they jam through all that stuff at the very end. They're like, all right, there's all a new hope. So okay, wait, 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 get to it. And then like, wait, whoa. <laughs> What the fuck, guys? Yeah, like we were we were discussing this earlier, and like they 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 fell into one of the biggest I think prequel traps you can fall into, which is you can make 
small allusions to things that haven't happened yet in the story as a nod to, yes, you've seen the original movie. Mm -hmm. However, you can't like just introduce a character that nobody watching this movie should know unless they've seen that. And to me, that's like always a problem. It's fine if they're like ancillary don't matter. You know, like there's a couple of characters you meet in the street very briefly Mm -hmm. that feature somewhat briefly in star Wars. Mm -hmm. And it's like, okay, fine. Great. That's a little nod, you know, whatever, but there's, there's a fairly major character that shows up at the end sort of. And, um, and it's like, yeah, you don't know. You don't say who that is. And it's important to the plot that's happening so quickly. And it's just like, yeah, if you didn't, you know, yeah, I know I, the I whole think, world knows who that yeah, is. At this I think point, they can but, get away with that because it's Star Wars, and right, they yeah. know that literally everyone on Earth has seen it. Sure, at this like point. I said, it's just that that's a that's a prequel rule that you you know s- storytelling that you shouldn't do. This mm. isn't a prequel; it is a story. Yeah, whatever. Okay. It's a complete <laughs> fucking prequel. Yeah, it, um, it, it I agree. Like... <laughs> Go ahead. I agree with you in principle, but I agree with Mackie's mitigating circumstance that every person on like star wars is something that everybody knows it's not relegated to you know comic book nerds or other nerds um at this point so the the worst is like when you have something where like they like throughout a series and then you do a prequel and like you've established some stupid catchphrase or something that they do that they didn't do in like the first time you saw them and then they like show a prequel and it's like did I do that? And it's like, wait, you, you didn't even say that for a while. You know, like, what the fuck? I like that your go-to catchphrase is from Family Matters. Sure. Did I do that? Well, we're nerding the fuck out, so Urkel yeah. was on the brain. Um, the only thing I didn't like was that very last... The very last scene, the way that the CG was composed in that. I... I... Mm-hmm. I it brings great joy to my heart for that character to exist and to see that character time and time again, but not like that, man. Yeah. Well, it it just, there's a few things there's also, I think they changed a way a character dies in the middle of the movie and who's responsible for it. I suspect that changed somehow at some point because it very much felt like they, we're tinkering with it in a way that they wanted to soften the movie. But I definitely feel like everything in that last five minutes, especially the Vader stuff was added in. And yeah, it, cause it felt immediately out of place. It was cool, but it, I'm getting the feeling like I got with Yoda in at the end of attack of the clones where I was like, as it was happening, I was like, that's really awesome. Are you but, talking about the flipping Yoda yes. scenes? Yeah. But then later on, I'm like, I it was think, entirely unnecessary. Yeah, I'm like, dumb. I don't think I, I don't think we needed that. Like, that didn't mm-hmm. look as good as I think we thought it all. Like, you know, it's like you have that weird, conflicted. Like, why did that happen? Like, <laughs> why did we go through all that stuff? And so I don't know. Like, I've still, I've got conflicted feelings about that. But somebody, somebody said like on Twitter or something, the way that movie should have ended and I don't even know why I bring it up because I don't want to necessarily talk about it, but there's a way that movie should have ended. There's Mm -hmm. a way that Rogue One should have ended and they almost did it. Yep. They came very close to doing it and they, and they didn't. Yeah. It feels weird that the last two star Wars movies have ended on weird shots. Yeah. (laughs) 
Yeah, that's yeah. I, I really I think I'm more apologetic for Force Awakens than a lot of people, but that way that movie ends is just like what the fuck? Like yeah, that like, is the like, weirdest guy. Why ending. did you pick that? Yeah. Well, not yeah. like and and it's a case of like you have all the resources in the world. Yeah. Force Awakens, I like the way that ends until they drag it out too long. Yep. Hmm. It's yeah. It's, There's a point very much earlier that you end on. Right. It shouldn't be the like the helicopter spinning around thing in the end of Force Awakens. Like they, mm-hmm. it should be, you know, the thing that happens immediately before the helicopter spinning away yeah. thing, mm-hmm. and and then done, and then cut credits go. Yeah. But yeah, this movie should have ended maybe four and a half minutes earlier. Mm-hmm. Yep. Hey, all that all that complaining, I think we all still liked it. Yeah, I, I liked it. I think it's quite great. A bit. I loved it sitting in the theater. Mm-hmm. Felt so good. Yeah. And I also I totally understand why some people hate it. I don't care about those people. I I, I mean, <laughs> come on. I mean, but I I well, get like, it because tonally it feels way off and I've also I've come to learn something about people that claim to be Star Wars fans. A lot of people are fans of one part of Star Wars. And if and if something Star Wars doesn't contain that thing, they're like fuck fuck that part of Star Wars. Like there are people that are literally for Star Wars, and if there's no space battle, that's up to their snuff. They're like that's not Star Wars. And I think there are people <laughs> so they that probably are like, hated Force Awakens. <laughs> well, no, I was like so there are people that are like 100 percent about lightsaber battles, and there's no lightsabers in this really. I mean, mm-hmm. barely, no. you know. But uh, it, there's no Jedi dueling or anything like that. So mm-hmm. I guarantee you, there there is a subset of people that are just like. Fuck that thing. Yeah. That's not my Star Wars. You know, just people are like, this one thing, like, super people that are super into stormtrooper armor, and it's like, wait, there's no stormtroopers in this? Oh, there are stormtroopers. There are sand short troopers in this, too. I'm again, not this. I'm, yeah. Yeah. I I just, I have found that that is a thing that, like, people are super into one part of Star Wars. Yeah. 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 Well, there's some terrible fans in the world. I'm one of them. There are terrible fans of it. Well, the, yeah, but that, that, it's not Star Wars. It's just like mm-hmm. it's it's like selective fans. Like I bitch about this a lot when unless it's doing the thing I the one thing I like. Yeah, and it's like you either like a thing or you don't. It's it's not. Yeah. It doesn't have to be unconditional. You can still have little problems with it, but it mm-hmm. sounds like you don't like seventy five percent of it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, it works better for music. Yeah, <laughs> I like that one album when they did that. I don't like the other albums because they did the thing I don't like. True. Yeah. Movies don't quite work that way, though. Yeah. Anyway, so, I, I liked it a lot. I would give it uh, a four out of five Star Wars. There you go. I actually rated it higher than you, four and a half. No, yeah, well, yep. Go figure. Mm. Uh, four of those stars were for Y wings, and point zero 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 one were for the rest of the movie. Okay. Seriously, shitloads of Y wings, and they never get any love. Yep. So you want to hear a five star voicemail from yes. Scott? Yes, I do. Yo, Bandcast, Scott from uh, Seattle here. I uh, saw Rogue One yesterday, and I'm sure uh, the four of you are going to talk about it. I just wanted to add my two cents as somebody who does not have the undying love for Star Wars that y'all do. I was uh, born in that narrow range where I was uh, too young to really kn- know about the original trilogy. I didn't even know what Star Wars was until the special editions were released. But I was also you know, too old to get any nostalgia for the prequel trilogy. And uh, while I always found Star Wars pretty interesting, my main problem is that, uh, well, you know how Mackie doesn't like the Back to the Future movie uh, sequels because the whole are you chicken thing is just 
pretty much a lazy shortcut to uh, – uh, sorry, my mind scrambled. I just saw Arrival. That's a fantastic movie. But, uh, you know, the whole you're a chicken thing is just a way to move the story along without actually having to put thought into the writing. I feel pretty much the same way about almost every single time a Jedi uses their stupid inconsistent space magic. And so since Rogue One had basically none of that, it had – Pretty much everything I liked about Star Wars, but without the uh, Jedi stuff, God, that's probably my favorite Star Wars movie. It's, I know a lot of people are very down on it, but, jeez, it's just so nice to have all the good parts, or the parts I find good. I know a lot of people like the Jedi. It's just personal dislike on my part. But uh, I'm interested in hearing what you all have to say about it. Uh, I haven't really heard a lot of good arguments for why people dislike it, and uh, y'all articulate yourselves pretty well on movie choices, so I'm interested in hearing what you have to say. Scott, uh, Crash and Burn, Scott out. I did I did not know that there was anybody that didn't like Jedi stuff in, in the world. Like, space magic is cool as shit. Yeah. He did say well, that. It he, was he, cooler when it was just magic and yeah. not, like, you know... I don't know, some sort it's, of like... He did infection. write us on Twitter after saying it's that. still magic to yeah. me. <laughs> he did write us on Twitter after saying that and said, well, you know, that came off more harshly than I meant it to, but... Yeah, I, I get what he means. Like... Yeah. I feel you. Mm-hmm. I think... I, I don't agree. I like... I like bullshit space magic. If space battles and ground combat are your, are your Star Wars jam, like... This, this is, got this, it is this is your movie yeah. right here. I can see why he would rank this yeah. one above all the others. No, I, that's what I'm saying. See, people seem to like certain mm-hmm. aspect of Star Wars, and to be fair, Star Wars is it's a vastly different. Typically, it's a very vastly different movie if you're making a dog fighting movie versus a sword fighting movie, mm-hmm. and they just kind of combine it all. And so, I can understand why if suddenly you know Maverick and Goose got out and started fighting people hand-to-hand, they'd be like, what the fuck is happening in this goddamn movie? Yeah. So, I get that. <laughs> yep. So, BJ. Yes. Want to give them some quick contact info so we can get out of here? I can do that. Uh, send us email to bmf at bmfcast.com. Give us calls on the Garfield hotline, 9105-JOX-BMF or 9105-569-263. Uh, or go to the website, bmfcast.com, and uh, on the button, or on the button area, right-hand side, you can click their things. Uh, we're on yeah. Instagram now, yeah, BMF t- Cast. Touch us on the button area. Yeah, touch mm. <laughs> Show us on the button where you touched us. Um, anyway, we're on Instagram now at BMF Cast. And uh, I don't know. That's it. Follow us on Twitter. Say nice things to us. For uh, It's almost Christmas, so make sure that you get those Christmas presents to me in, which are uh, share the BMF Cast with friends and family and other like-minded individuals. Um, share us on Facebook or Twitter or whatever. That's all I want for Christmas. Please give it to me. Give it to me. Give it to me, baby. All right. Give let's let's me. get out of here, shall we? Okay. Let's. I'm Harlow. I'm Mackie. I'm BJ. I'm Chuck. And this is Bamcast out. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Damn. Whoa.